Hello, and welcome to the Tennis Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Amell. Congrats, we've almost made it through the first month of what is sure to be another dumpster fire of a year, 2022. That means we're almost ready to return to brand new episodes here on the show. But in the meantime, we've prepared a special best of two-pack for your ass. First, from episode 36 in April 2019, I try to guess the order of Star Wars films ranked by their global box office gross. Then right after that, it's episode 69 from January 2020, where me and Brandon review and rant about the most recent Star Wars film, The Rise of Skywalker. Not a Star Wars fan? That's okay, because I'm barely one myself. You're in good company. Now let's hop into the Millennium Falcon and revisit these episodes from a galaxy far, far away. Hello and welcome to the Tennis Podcast. My name is Nick. I'm Brandon. <sighs> What's the matter, little buddy? We got to get through this intro. So, tell them what the show is about, Brandon. Well, the, uh, wait, what's the name of our show? Tennis Podcast. Why is it called that? That's a funny name. Because each week, somebody's bringing a list. And this list has 10 things on it. It's a top 10 list. No, 10-ish things on it. 10-ish things. Could be less than 10. Could be more. This week, it's 10. Exactly. One of us brings a list, completely prepared and armed with knowledge. The other comes unprepared, defenseless, in the face of an onslaught of learning and entertainment. (laughs) Well, at least some of that's true. Get ready for an onslaught today. So, the dynamic we have here on the show is that I'm the the star host, Brandon's the sidekick host. So, that's not the dynamic. What, What is the dynamic then? Just a couple, just a couple of bros shooting the shit. Hmm. A, a couple of entirely equal bros hmm. shooting the entirely equal shit. Okay, sure. Uh, yeah, that. Yep, exactly. Brandon, what's our list today? What's our topic? I'm ex- there's something I'm excited about. I think a lot of other people are also excited about right now. Do you have Killer Clowns from Space playing again? No, there's not a lot of people excited about Killer Clowns from Space. There's just this just select you. few. Okay. Uh, but it's, I specifically, well, not only, but part of why I picked this is because other people love it and are excited about it and you aren't. You care. It's Marvel, isn't it? No, it's another thing you care nothing about. This week, we're escaping presidents and we're escaping uh, stupid old baby names. We're going to... Oh, we are going back to the past though. We're going to a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Your birthday? We're going to Star Wars. Okay. We're going to cover the top grossing Star Wars films to date. 10 Star Wars films, live action Star Wars films have been released in theaters to date. There's been exactly 10? Exactly 10 to date and we're going to cover the top grossing adjusted for 2019 ticket prices and a, a, a ticket price in 2019 according to Box Office Mojo is $9.03 which sounded cheap to me. That sounds cheap, yeah. That's lower than I thought but anyway, if... All of these movies, this is all of their dollars translated to $2019. Now, I've created a Star Wars spreadsheet. I have a database of Star Wars facts and figures. Congratulations, you've graduated to a new level of nerd. That I will continue to add data points to. 
currently, I have additional data points. The Metascore for each film from Metacritic.com, which is an aggregate of uh, online uh, reviews. Critic, critic yeah. reviews, yeah. Uh, the Rotten Tomato critic scores for each film and then my personal ranking for each film from 1 to 10. And we all know your personal ranking holds a lot of weight. It does on this podcast. Why don't we uh, let the people know that although I have seen every Star Wars film. You have? I've seen every Star Well, I have not seen Solo. That's okay. the one I have not seen. I've seen everything but that. Despite seeing all the Star Wars films, that's kind of where my Star Wars fandom ends. You couldn't give a shit. Yeah, I mean, I'll go see the movies because everyone else sees them and some are good, some are okay, some are bad but I'm not a super fan like Brandon here. Well, I like that because I don't want to talk, I don't want to do uh, this particular podcast with a super fan. I want to do this podcast with someone who is puzzled by it, who doesn't understand why someone would like it and who doesn't understand what the hell is going on in the movies. No. Because- Hang on, let, let's be let fair a little bit. I just told you I've seen every movie. You didn't know what was going on. Well, that's true. You kept, you saw all these mutants and aliens and creatures. And Luke Skywalker drinking Mountain Dew from the fucking manatee's tit. From the teat of a sea cow? That, of everything I've seen in Star Wars, that's the moment that stands out most to me <laughs> from The Last Jedi. If you could sum it up in like a one second <laughs> gif. Well, I love it because it's pointless and then the camera does a super zoom in on just his face while he's wiping his mouth <laughs> and he's got like these eyes. It's just very out of place scene. The juice shot. from a sea cow. And we're not talking about Donald Trump. But you don't know, you don't know like uh, the names of the stuff, right? Because when I was, when my friends in high school- I know the found, names of the movies. Right, but when my friends in high school found out I knew all this shit, they would ask me stuff. Okay, what's the name of that little guy who sits on Jabba the Hutt's tail? No, I don't know any of that shit. And shamefully, I would say, a salacious crumb. And then they would just laugh their asses off because I knew the answer and the answer was funny sounding. You know, those people laughed at you but nowadays, like being a nerd is in and Star Wars is in. Yeah, so, now who's laughing? Yeah, now who's laughing? I mean, I was laughing too. I realize all this shit is hilarious. No, so basically, I've seen the movies, some I have not seen since I was a kid yeah. and I know the names of like the very, very main characters uh -huh. and I know the general plot line loosely. That That's where it ends for me. We're going to get into it. I'm going to probe you on each movie, really find out from an idiot's perspective what Star Wars is all about. Am I the idiot? You're the idiot. Well, after 35 episodes of you being the idiot, I guess I can be the idiot for one episode. That's fine. Would you like to have a guess at what the top grossing Star Wars film is in 2019 dollars? I know which film is last. Okay, fine. Congratulations. Number 10 is Solo. You're right. Number 10, the lowest earning Whatever, gro adjusted, gro lowest grossing. Why is this so hard for you? God damn it, it doesn't fucking matter. It's grossing or earning, either's fine. Just pulling in the money. Based on box office ticket sales. Yeah, whichever one grossed. <laughs> you should know a lot about gross. Solo grossed dollars when it came out last year, May, 20, May 25th. Domestically. That's domestically. Which in Star Wars world is an abysmal failure. 
Yeah, that's really low for them. Now, critics on Metacritic gave it an average score of 62 out of 100, which is a low D. Rotten Tomatoes aggregate score is a 70, which is a C minus. Brandon's ranking. <laughs> out of 10, I rank it number 7 out of 10. There are three movies, Star Wars movies, that I think are shittier than Solo. Tell me what made Solo such a failure? Those dudes who made the uh, Lego movie, Chris Lord and Phil Miller, originally started writing and directing this movie and it was cast and it was like weeks or even months into production. Everything screeched to a halt. From what I understand, I think some producers like Kathleen Kennedy saw some footage or dailies or something or saw like an early cut and were like, what the hell were these guys doing? Maybe it was too silly or something. I don't know. So, they fired these guys. Two of the, you know, hottest writer-director pairs in Hollywood right now. They got fired from the solo movie or removed from it or they backed out or whatever, you know, saving their ass thing went down. And they brought in Ron Howard to scrape up the parts and, and put it together into a movie. Ron Howard, well-respected veteran. Ron Howard, very well respected and from what I can tell, had an extremely difficult job and I think did a really cool job with it. Taking someone else's film that was halfway finished and it was only halfway finished because the studio felt that there was a lot that needed to be cut or reshot. That's walking into a mess and understanding that and seeing it, it's it's still pretty good. People, I know people will be like, well, you know, on its own, it's all right, well, none of this shit is on its own, okay? I, we all live in a world where I know that Ron Howard finished that movie. And we also live in a world where I know that episodes one through three were made after episodes four through six. So, when someone says like, well, you know, when he says that, he's actually referring to this and no, I mean, it's okay to say they made those movies first and they had no idea what they were doing. But in this case, Ron Howard came in and I think did a, a pretty decent job. It was a lot of uh, fun. Here's the deal. That all makes sense, but I don't think that would explain why it was such a failure at the box office. It was like shitty marketing and then it also came out at the same time as Avengers Infinity War. Yeah. It got its ass fucking snapped by Thanos. And and the marketing, I'll agree on that because usually you see Star Wars everywhere when a movie's coming out and Solo was very... It's like the studio didn't want to get behind it as much because they didn't like it. Yeah. I don't know. I I had a good time watching it. I People were upset. You know, nerds were upset because they didn't want to know like how Han Solo and Chewbacca met and they don't need to know Lando Calrissian is potentially- yeah, right. Lando Calrissian. Yeah, yeah. Really important character, Lando Calrissian. Hey, if you don't like, if you don't like weird names and side characters, you're going to have a bad fucking day today. Think about this guy, the guy, what's the actor's name? I know you know off the top of your fucking head. The actor's name that played Hans in this movie. It's Alden something. I can't pronounce his last name. It's Think German. about this guy. But he's he's new to the scene with this movie. Yeah. First big role. He gets this role, he's thinking, I'm going to blow up and be a superstar because of this. I don't know. This is a once in a lifetime role. I landed this role. I'm going to be huge. And now look. Now what is he? Just a piece of shit. Just a piece of shit. I don't know what that guy's up to. Do you want me to look? No. What if he's doing something amazing? All right, all right, all right. What if he is cast as the lead in this Game of Thrones prequel that I know you're going to slobber all over? Alden 
Alden Ehrenreich. So he has an IMDb page. This isn't his first movie. Oh, he's starring in the TV series of Brave New World. Uh, that's it. I just got to tell you, I'm, the last 30 seconds, I've been bored to the point of thinking about hanging up. Well, you wanted to know what happened to him. No, I didn't. You wanted to know when you made us find out. Star Wars <laughs> squashed another young man's career and life. Yeah, because the original Han Solo blew up from that. Well, he was already kind of big, but you get my point. But this guy, not so much. Oh, see, when you said blew up, I immediately thought about, are you trying to say he blew up in the Death Star? Like, no, he got... No. He got stabbed with a lightsaber. Patricide. It's called patricide when you kill your father. That's what okay. happened to Han Solo. He died of patricide. Oh, because of... His son murdered him. How did Han Solo and Chewbacca meet? In the mud. In the, you, did you see... Oh, you didn't see that movie. No, uh, I did not see Han Solo or Solo. Han Solo gets thrown into a mud pit and they say that the that the beast in there will probably eat him because he's hungry. And the beast comes out to eat him and uh, luckily Han is uh, speaks a little bit of Wookiee. Of course he does. And he says like... <laughs> and Chewbacca is like, what the fuck? I can't eat something that talks to me. And then Chewbacca pulled out his tit and let uh, Hans drink some uh, Mountain Dew from it. And they joined forces and uh, escaped and saved the day. And then they took a shower together. Where would someone learn Wookiee? I mean, seriously. How many fucking languages do you think there are in the Star Wars universe? A million? Well, and why Han Solo is... just happens to know Wookiee? Come on. See, as much as you think I know about this, there are people who... And there's people who have like done the research to make these things up. They would say like, well, Wookiee language is a well-known one across the galaxy for X reason and this is why Han would have known it. Probably they would have said at some point Han might have been stationed on the Wookiee planet of Kashyyyk and that's where he picked up uh, Wookiee. Why is the Wookiee planet called Kashyyyk? That's just why the name of it. But why aren't they called, why are the Wookiees called Wookiees then? That's just their name. You, what, you the know, human you, planet is called Earth and we're called human. Earthlings. Oh, well, that's not the way shit goes in the, because you can you have know, more than one. if you're from Oklahoma, you're called an Oklahoman, not a fucking frizzy. But you could have a, you different species can be from the same planet. Seems like convenient writing to me, but what do I know? Well, that's what all the fucking Star Wars is. This is all very convenient writing. All right. Number 10, Solo, 267 million. No, 206 million. Oh, okay. $206,317,700. Which is still a respectable number for the yeah, average for film. for any other film, that would be that's really big. good. Actually, that'd be really, really good for, yeah, just a minute. But also, other films don't spend like $150 million on advertising. I don't know that they... Although, it seems like Solo probably didn't do that. Brandon, we're talking about the highest grossing films here. How highly gross were you when you were eating that hot dog over the trash can at I... the Atlanta airport? The same as the Star Wars films are a work of fiction, of <laughs> science fiction. This lurid tale of me eating a hot dog over a trash can is a work of science fiction. And you are the George Lucas of that disgusting little world. So, moving on. All right, my next guess. I'm going to go in reverse here. So, I'm going to guess. Like the lowest grossing. Yeah. What's so the next lowest grossing Star Wars film? Episode 2. 
Damn. You're right. See, you think I'm a Star Wars idiot, but... I just said idiot. The ninth highest grossing Star Wars film, or the second lowest, is Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. It came out on May 16th, 2002. It grossed in 2019 dollars $469,670,800. That's a huge jump from number 10. It certainly is, and the jumps just keep on coming. Now, the meta score for a Metacritic for Episode 2 is 54. It is the second lowest rated Star Wars film by Metacritic. The Rotten Tomatoes score is 65 out of 100, also the second lowest ranked on Rotten Tomatoes. And my ranking is it is number nine. It is the second lowest ranked for me as well. I got to tell you, I saw episode two in theaters when I was... You were a, a, what, 10? No, I was older. I was like a preteen. You took your pube, uh, you and your pube went to the movies to see episode two. (laughs) Hey, I was an early bloomer on puberty, but we can talk about that another time. You were a wolf boy? (laughs) Uh, I was something. I saw episode two in theaters and as a fucking 12-year-old, yeah, I was so bored in that movie. We had the theater to ourselves because we saw it on like a weekday and it had already been out for like a week. We were like running around the <laughs> theater playing <laughs> and <laughs> crawling over the seats, having a having a gay old time uh, instead of watching this movie, which I have not seen since, but I remember it being very boring and slow. It is uh, a turd. I was <laughs> 20 years old. I saw it in a theater in Phoenix, Arizona. So, I had been very excited I've been following uh, Star Wars movie spoilers since these films, since like the wee days of the internet. So, I knew a lot of what was... Since you were looking at wees on the internet? So, I knew a lot of what was supposed to be in the film. I had been spoiled. And stuff sounded awesome. Uh, It sounded really cool. And every minute that went by of that movie, I felt more and more embarrassment for myself and secondhand embarrassment about the movie because I had taken my uh, girlfriend at the time to it too and I was just ashamed at how lame it was because if you're not into Star Wars at all and all you see are these people quote unquote acting and saying these horrible lines in horrible ways, it's cringe inducing. Yeah, Hayden Christensen who plays Anakin, not his best work. Uh, She says to him, Annie, you've grown since I last seen you. He says, so have you. Grown more beautiful, I mean. (laughs) There's so many shitty lines. That's the one where he talks about sand, the famous line, uh, you know, the meme, uh, sand, hate sand, it gets everywhere. It's so coarse and rough. It's like, yeah, it's fucking sand, man. We, We understand sand. And then he goes and he murders a bunch of women and children. His mom. Yeah, so he goes to see his mom. I can't remember the like impetus to go. Oh, he like was worried his mom was in trouble. She had been kidnapped by the uh, band of Tuscan Raiders, which are those guys that look like uh, the Taliban who raise a stick above their head and go. <laughs> uh huh. Some of those guys had gotten his mom. Wow, you're you're offending all of our Tuska listeners right now, or whatever they're called. He goes back to uh, Tatooine, and he. <laughs> That's his fucking home, man. That's where I get he's it. From. I, no, I get it. It's just 
he goes back to Tatooine and he asks around. You see him asking some Jawas. He's like, hey, did you see a bunch of assholes drag my mom away? He tells them where she is. He goes and sees his mom. She's tied up. And he's like, mom, I came to save you. I'm sorry I couldn't save you. And she's like. If she's tied up, maybe she was into something, you know, like she was oh into it. Oh, my God. She died. She, oh, okay. She, her head flops over comically and she dies. And then he just turns into a little rage machine and whips out his lightsaber and murders all of these Tusken Raiders in their camp. And then later confesses and he says, I murdered them, the women, the children. <laughs> and he's like holding back tears. He's such a puss, the whole movie. Well, he killed children. Does, it doesn't show it, I assume. No. Were they human children? No, Tusk, I don't, Tusken Raiders, I don't believe are human. I don't know what they look like under their masks, <laughs> masks, okay. but I assume by the fact that they talk like, ur, 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 that they're not human. <laughs> they're, part, they're part dolphin. The Tusken porn you watch, do, what, what do they look like in there when they're naked? They don't. They just, they stick an apparatus out from beneath their robes. Moving on. So, anyway, he... Murders all of them and then the dialogue at the end, this like climactic battle. So, two things, two really shitty things happen. The dialogue at the end of the movie is fucking terrible. So, if I ask you to name like the baddest motherfucker in movies, what's that guy's name? T-Rex from Jurassic Park? No. The baddest human motherfucker in a movie. Terminator? He's not a human. By virtue <laughs> of the fact that I use the word <laughs> badass motherfucker... Who is the- Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel L. Jackson, the original badass motherfucker. He is a Jedi. Hmm, this is a tasty burger. Right. This guy, Jules from Pulp Fiction is a Jedi. How amazing is that? So, he walks in the end of Attack of the Clones to confront this dark lord of the Sith, Count Dooku and put a stop to his nonsense. What's his name? Count Dooku. (laughs) I told you you would laugh when you heard the names. But these fucking names that people, Star Wars is a religion to people but these names in a vacuum. Samuel Samuel L. Jackson's name was Mace Windu. See, that sounds cool. Oh, well, because Mace. So, anyway, Mace sneaks up behind this guy for this climactic battle. He says like, this is over. And Count Dooku says something. No, he says, this is over, motherfucker. No, he doesn't. He doesn't say anything cool. He just says like, this is over. And Dooku says something like, I'll get away with it or or, you can't stop me or something like that. And again, you have the guy who says, you know, get my wallet out of there. It's the one that says bad motherfucker on it. You have that guy in your movie and his response is to just look at the guy and say, I don't think so. Well- so, he's just saying like, I disagree with you. He's literally just saying like wussiest way of saying, I disagree with the thing you just said. <laughs> he can't say anything more badass than that. End rant. Uh, yeah, first of many, I assume. So, while, while you were on your rant, I looked up Count Dooku because <laughs> I was expecting him to be a fucking weird ass looking alien. No, he's uh He's just a, an old man. Well, he's a classic I can't remember the actor's name, but he's a classically trained actor. Well, he sucks. Do you not remember he's also the guy who plays um fuck, what's that creepy goddamn wizard in um Christopher Lee. The actor's name is Christopher Lee. Yeah. He okay. was also that creepy wizard Saruman in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Yeah, yeah, I I recognize him now. Yeah, he's uh 
Okay, but he's not an alien. Oh, he was a knight, Sir Christopher Lee. Yeah, he wasn't an alien. He was just a dude with a shitty name that sounds like poop. Count Doodoo. All right. Number eight. So, I got Solo 10, episode two, Uh Attack of the Clones at nine. Give me, what's the next highest earning or highest grossing Star Wars film? Hang on. Clones real quick. Do you think humans in your lifetime will clone another human? I think it's probably already happened. Well, okay. You know what I mean? Where it's known, where it's like a announced or I don't don't want to think about that for a minute. The fact that there are almost certainly human clones being kept somewhere and those clones are probably like if they're still alive are like have to be at least like 10 years old by now. Have you seen the movie Us? No. Is there clones? No spoilers but go see it. Okay. Yeah, Yeah. Well, I think there's all kinds of shit like that that have happened. I think cancer there could be a cure for cancer. I think I've mentioned that on the show. I think humans could have been cloned. Uh, think about what if there's famous people out there that are clones of someone. You mean like uh, Billy Shears? Do you not know that? You know what I'm talking about? Billy Shears. He's the guy that got to replace Paul McCartney when Paul McCartney died. Paul McCartney died? Yeah, they had a lookalike contest for the Beatles. But they never announced the winner and that's because they were looking for a lookalike because Paul McCartney died in a car crash. That's why John Lennon wrote about it secretly in A Day oh. in the Life. He died about Paul dying in a car accident. They hired this replacement named Billy Shears. Who, who has been Paul McCartney ever since, right? Yeah. That's the one of the like the Paul is dead theories. Why, why does that theory even exist? Paul is dead uh, because they there there are things there are like quote unquote clues and Easter eggs in the Beatles album art and lyrics and songs that can be interpreted as hints that Paul was actually dead. The flowers on the front of Sergeant Pepper's possibly spell out R.I.P. Paul. At the end of Strawberry Fields Forever, there's this soundbite that sounds like John says, "I buried Paul," but. It's also, I think he said cranberry sauce. <laughs> <laughs> but like why? why? If, if they're really trying to hide this big secret, then why drop little hints? Yeah, I don't know. That's just why it's fun. I, I think it's stupid but I, it's one, the Paul is Dead is one of the most fun, entertaining conspiracy theories out there because there's all kinds of fun evidence. You know it's not true but it's so much fun to see what kind of evidence people have, have gathered together. Well, I'm going to be diving into that rabbit hole later because I have never really looked into that. Dive right into number eight on the Star Wars grossing list. So, I know it's not episode one. I know it's not A New Hope. I know it's not any of the new... Maybe uh, Rogue One, maybe? Rogue One. It is not Rogue One. Okay. Before you reveal Rogue One, I want to try to guess this. So, episode three. You're right. I mean, hang on. I need you to stop and just reach through I am through impressed. The, Jesus Christ. Reach through the screen and pat me on the goddamn back. Uh-uh. You came into this thinking I was going to blow it and I'm three for three. I'm, I'm giving you your, I'm giving you a modicum of respect. I want a verbal, sexual. No. Okay. Okay. So, Revenge of the Sith was released May 19th, 2005. Domestic total adjusted gross in 2019 dollars, 
I find it interesting that episodes two and three are ranked so low considering- <laughs> Fucking half a billion dollars. You know what I mean. Come I relatively low. Uh, yeah, these are very, very successful films. Just because they're at the bottom of this list does not mean they were not very successful films. But my point is, episodes one, two, and three were the first resurgence in Star Wars since the 80s. Yeah. And you'd think that after 20-something years, people would be dying. I think people were very disappointed. I think people were super excited- when they were seeing The Phantom Menace and then when it ended as they started to walk out, I think they started to realize, oh, fuck, that wasn't that good. The excitement of seeing, of knowing that like Star Wars is back and we're seeing some new Star Wars. Once that wore off, it was like, well, then what's the excuse this time? The movies have been shit this time. I don't think they're shit but I do think, I, I think it's weird. I hated like, The Last Jedi. Sorry. It's just my opinion. No, you're not alone in that and I like, just so people know too, I know there's a lot of people, especially people who are younger than me, don't so say everyone, it, don't say Everyone it. in the world. People who are younger than me who grew up with the prequels really love them and that's their original trilogy. I totally understand there is something to love and enjoy in every one of those films and there's something that I enjoy in each one of those films. But I am able to say that just because a movie has some cool things that I enjoy and it does not mean that overall it's a bit of a turd. And overall, I feel like episode three, Revenge of the Sith, is a bit of a turd. There's definitely some cool, fun stuff in it, but overall, a bit of a turd. And a lot of people said, ooh, it's so much better because it was dark and gritty. And I'm like, I mean, it still had cartoonish fucking silly lines and cartoonish violence in the first. Is that intentional? Like, is that a George Lucas style choice? Yeah, man. He he doesn't give a shit either. He's like, I made these movies for kids. If Star Wars, when Phantom Menace came out and you didn't like Jar Jar, that's fine. He didn't make that shit for you. I get it. He didn't make it for me. I don't like it and I don't like it because he didn't make it for me. I think he's stupid as hell. The original three weren't intended for kids? I mean, I think he's saying that they're in, the original three were intended for kids. I don't think they were. I think they were intended for all ages and that's why episode four or the first Star Wars film is so beloved and was so successful is because it takes a very classic, like an almost anciently classic story structure and builds on it and it's something that people young and old identify with and enjoy and get behind. But when you add in characters like you know, who step in poop and make silly faces and, and talk silly that and, and who are shaped like Bugs Bunny, that's going to attract like my six-year-old. If my six-year-old would sit down and watch Phantom Menace, he would probably love it. I can't sit through it again. It's too boring. He'd love the movie Phantom Menace maybe because his father is a hot dog menace. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, so, <laughs> Revenge of the Sith, despite uh, being a bit of a turd and uh, earned or grossed bleh, over uh, half a billion dollars, met a score of 68, which is getting uh, threatening to climb out of the D range. Rotten Tomatoes aggregate score was a 79. So, Rotten Tomatoes was a bit kinder to it. On my ranking, I have it as a 6 out of the t a 6. Out so, of the t above Solo then? Uh, yeah. The reasons for that are that I think most of the Vader stuff at the end was handled pretty well. I think the final scene, not the fight, but the final end of the fight and scene between uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin was really well done. I love seeing them put Darth Vader together. 
I love seeing how fucked up and scarred and deformed his body was before they put all that shit on him. Yeah, how's that for kids? Oh my god. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's pretty rough. He looks he looks goddamn awful under there. I thought from basically the time that they start that final lightsaber duel through the end of the film was all of Hayden Christensen's best acting. He has some of the worst lines and I think they they probably also use like some of the worst takes because the movie's so fucking expensive. They're like, all right, we have enough time to do three takes because each one of them takes three hours to set up. We're going to do three takes and that's maybe not enough for these actors to work against green screens and to look at, you know, tennis balls that are supposed to represent the eyes of an alien and they're saying all this shit that doesn't make sense. It's all fucking alien Star Wars shit. So, I think it's really hard to blame those things on the actor, the performances on the actors when they yeah. probably didn't have a lot to work with. Well, and I've seen Hayden Christensen and other stuff and I mean, he'd never impressed me then either. But the one thing about him that did impress me is hell of an ass. <laughs> I want to get into a little bit of the nuts and bolts of the Star Wars world and figure out what you know and understand. Okay. We're speaking about episode three, Revenge of the Sith. Okay. And I'm going to ask you some questions. I want to see how much you remember. And I'll preface by saying I have not seen this since it was in theaters. Okay. There's a, a robot, alien robot guy at the beginning. Okay. And he was like the villain that they were after at the beginning. Do you remember that guy's name? Count Poo Poo you, you literally remember nothing about that Star Wars villain. You literally remember Nothing other than the fact that he. <laughs> Jimmy, do you remember that th that that guy existed? No. <laughs> That's how forgettable <laughs> General Grievous was. Oh, okay. I've heard that name. Okay, he was an he's an alien who I think has been harmed in battle or something. He's wearing a large exoskeleton, so yeah. he looks like a robot, but he coughs and his fucking heart for some reason is beating where you can see it from the outside. Yeah, There's because that makes sense because you wouldn't protect your heart inside your Wonderful outfit. tactical move. Although he's an <laughs> alien, that could be like his nutsack for all we know. <laughs> How many alien nutsacks have you uh, laid eyes upon? Uh, well, in Star again, in Star Wars, we don't know what we're looking at. We think that's a nose. It could be their genitals. Can't rule it out. So, let's see. You don't, you don't remember that guy. Well, I do now that I'm looking at a picture of him. Okay. Do you do you recall that? Is that, that the only movie he's in? Yeah. Huh. I think he okay. appears in the Clone War cartoons, uh, which I've tried to watch, but again, which those are- I have not seen. Those were all, they're all made for kids. And so, like, there's some- Well, so were these. I know, but if you're like, if you're into like the Star Wars overall story and Lord filling in the blanks on some of the things that happens between movies, Clone Wars- I mean, I know adults who have watched it and love it and God bless them, but it's very clear that it's designed for kids or tweens and I can't, I can't do it. Tell me, do you know who the main bad guy in episode three and throughout the Star Wars saga is? The Sith Lord? Yeah, what's his name? Sithy McSithson? You don't know his name? What's his title? Uh, Emperor. He's the Emperor. Do you, you don't know his name? John Sith. It's uh, Palpatine. Hang she, on. Is John Sith not funny? You get it? Because it's like Smith. Oh, God damn it. All right. Nice work. Uh, so, <laughs> do you know the significance of the phrase Order 66? No. Is that the Star Wars version of 69ing? <laughs> yeah. 
No, that's uh, that's the order that Emperor Palpatine gave to the clone troopers. He says, execute order 66. And the clone troopers turned on the Jedi and that's how the Jedi got wiped out. The, they turned on the Jedi? They turned them on. They got so excited that they just became, they force ghosts came out of their wieners. Just move on. Yeah, uh, that was the order, the secret order that the Emperor gave the clone troopers to turn on their uh, Jedi friends and kill them all. Okay. Cool. Again, that's something like for people who have familiarity with Star Wars, those are fairly well-known things. This is a target audience of just those folks who want to giggle. At me. They, yeah, just the fact that you don't know about something that you're not interested in. <laughs> It'd be like if someone asked me like, hey, what's that thing called in Harry Potter? And I'm like, I don't know, a fucking hat and the <laughs> dork. <laughs> it's funny that the, it just in Star Wars and Harry Potter and everything else that nerd culture is so mainstream right now that now the nerds are laughing at the not nerds for not knowing. At the jocks. <laughs> yeah, you're the jock today. Okay, let's move on from Avenge of the Sith. I know number seven. Yeah, number seven is, is Rogue One. Yeah, Rogue One. I was going to say that. Yes, the seventh highest grossing Star Wars film to date is Rogue One. It was released December 16th, 2016. It grossed $545,787,800. So, only outgrossed episode three by 10 million. It has a Metascore of 65. Again, that is a middle D grade. It has a Rotten Tomato score of 83, which is an okay B. And it has a Brandon's ranking of 8 out of 10. The all-important Brandon's ranking. all-important Brandon ranking. Wait, wait, whoa, whoa. 8 out of 10. I know. You used to love this one. Well, and I like it. But there are some things that it's missing for me to personally rank it higher. So, all this shitting you just did on episode 3 and it's too higher than Rogue One in, in Brandon's personal rankings? Yeah, and I'll tell you why. Because Revenge of the Sith is still within the Skywalker story and that's what I am most interested in. Unfortunately, Rogue One contained none of that for me. It did, however, contain all of the last part where Darth Vader came in and can cut those dudes in half and threw them against the wall. I could have just paid $9.03 to watch that. Uh, okay, nerd alert. We saw that movie together. Oh, did we? Oh, yeah. We saw it in New York. We saw that movie in New York. That's where we walked. We were on the Upper West Side uh-huh. and we walked across Central Park to the East Side Yeah. in in December yeah. at night and it was freezing and we walked back at like midnight or something to our hotel, across Central Park and then the next morning we found out someone had been stabbed on that exact route within minutes of when we were there. Remember that? Yeah. But it wasn't us. Probably like, uh, hey, let's go fucking stab and rob those guys. And then the <laughs> other guy was like, oh, wait a second. They've got Star Wars ticket stubs. No, they said, that's the host and sidekick host of the tennis <laughs> podcast. Let's stab the sidekick. <laughs> yeah, we saw it together. And that was the last movie I've seen in theater where I did not get to enjoy a reserved reclining seat. Yeah, that was, it was, uh, we're spoiled now, aren't we? It was torture. You know, did you guys know that Brandon, this Star Wars fanatic, reads the spoilers to every Star Wars movie before he goes and sees it because he just can't wait? I just told you I did that. Why do you do that to yourself? Because I can't help it. Because... <laughs> Damn. 
I don't know what. But like, then why not read Game of Thrones spoilers before it comes out? Why not read spoilers to everything? I do whatever I can get a hold of. Oh I can't my fucking God. help myself. People like you need to be executed. Just what? mass because it's it defeats the whole purpose. But I'm not doing it to anybody but myself. I never spoil something for anybody else. But the very act is just so disgusting and un-American. <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> you realize there's like entire economies built around spoiling or previewing <laughs> movies. There's like thousands and thousands of people whose livelihoods depend upon leaking a picture of Captain America with dots all over his suit. That's not a spo- That's not spoiling the story. Oh, it is. Because that's how we found out that uh, they're going... See, I could fucking spoil something in Avengers Endgame right now. Well, you can tell me. I don't care. I'm not seeing it. Yeah, but our millions of listeners don't want to get spoiled. Billions of listeners. And, you know, Chris Evans is a listener of the show. So, Chris, if you want to write us an Apple iTunes review and let us know what happens to you, we'll read it on the show. If Chris Evans was a listener to the show, damn, that would mean a lot to me. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) All right. Let's continue on. You've gotten the, t- the bottom four correct. Seven, eight, nine, and ten. Yeah, in a row. Thanks. In a row. Yes, I get... Yes, congratulations. I That's, need more... I need continual kudos for that. Now, tell me, what is the sixth highest domestically grossing Star Wars film? This is where it gets tricky. So, in the new set, we have... What is the first one? The Force uh, wakes the up. Force, the Force... <laughs> the Force hits snooze in the alarm clock. And then we have Rogue One, Solo, and... The Last Jedi, is that it? Yep, End of the okay. Jedis. I'm going to guess um, The Empire Strikes Back. No, 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 no. The Return of the Jedi. You are not correct. Was it Empire Strikes Back? Yeah, it's not Re- Empire Strikes Back either. Okay. Episode one. No. Okay, now you're just playing guessing games. This is... Uh, God, I was on a fucking roll. Let's cut all this and do it again and then <laughs> I'll get it right. No. The sixth highest grossing... Star Wars film is the one we, uh, another one we saw together. God, we're just spending all of our time sitting crisscross applesauce together watching Star Wars movie. It was The Last Jedi. The sea cow tit one. Yes. Now, if you tell me that's higher than number 10 on Brandon's personal rankings, I'm going to, I'm going to jump out a window. It is. It uh. Just shut up a minute. Now, The Last Jedi came out on December 15th, 2017. It grossed $610 million, $378,200 other dollars. It has a meta score of 85, which is a B. It has a Rotten Tomato score of 91, which is an A. Oh, bullshit. It has a Brennan's ranking of number five. Am I the only one that hated that movie? No, you're not. A lot of people I thought it was like such it. a... It was just trope after trope of pleasing the fan base. A lot of people are angry because they feel like it purposely disappointed or did not give the fan base what they wanted. For instance, the fan base is desperate to find out uh, the answer to who Ray's parents are and is Luke Ray's father or is she related to Luke in some way? Who are her parents? And the answer was the answer given in The Last Jedi, which I don't know that I fully believe, is that her parents were nobody. She even went into that, that little uh, cave of force wonders and <laughs> looked at herself in that mirror to find out who her parents were and didn't get an answer. She saw herself, which again supports a theory I secretly have, which I will share at the end of the podcast. Why not right now? Because I'm, that's fucking, 
You're just like Disney. I'm teasing it out there. Stringing us along. I'm teasing it. All right. Yeah, they, they, they wanted answers. They wanted to know who Snook was. Uh, we didn't get any answers to that. So, people are upset about- uh, Which one's Snook? Snook was the bad guy who got uh, sliced in half. He's the okay. one that had a shitty face. He had a real fucked up shitty face. He was wearing a gold robe with his dick hanging at. Started torturing uh, Ray and he got sliced in half. Yeah, I, I know who he is now. And that whole st- whole part was uh, great. Sure. Except for his dick hanging out. To each their own. So, I'll tell you the stuff I didn't like about him. The humor in it, it wasn't humor that was aimed at kids and it wasn't humor that was aimed at like, I don't know, an adult like me, I guess, because... So, like at the beginning, Poe Dameron is in his fucking single X-Wing fighter uh, squaring off against First Order Star Destroyer and he, he, he calls them on the phone and they're like, Supreme Leader, uh, whatever your dickhead name is, uh, Poe Dameron from the Rebel Alliance is on the phone. And then he plays this little phone prank thing like, hello? Hello? Yes, can you hear me? I can hear you, but you can't hear me. From that moment, I was like, okay, this fucking humor is not, that's not my style. And there was more of that. I didn't mind uh, the Luke part where he didn't use a lightsaber and that he wasn't like a force badass, that he was disillusioned and stuff. I didn't mind that. But you're right. It wasn't necessary to show show him a close-up of him. (laughs) Fucking sucking at the teat of a, of a sea hag and just letting it dribble all down his face. Yeah, and the camera just lingers there and his eyes are insane. He just looks at her like, ha. Ah. Now, I will say, I got to give it up. One of my, honest to God, one of my heroes is Mark Hamill. And fucking Mark Hamill gave it 110%. He was probably there before shooting started, humped up on that sea hag. Suckling away, just trying to get it right. Uh-huh. He sold me on how much Luke loved. Sea hag juice? The, yeah. Is that a CGI manatee? Nah, I, th- I mean, I'm sure the full thing. No, actually, I think they built a full puppet for it. <laughs> like the tit and all. The green tit with like a brown. No, no, I'm not talking about the puppet in your bedroom, Brandon. Uh-huh. I'm talking about. No, I think they really built that because someone leaked, someone saw that puppet on set. And then uh, drew it and leaked it and, sa- and told MakingStarWars.net, hey, this is a creature I saw on the on the set. They said at the time, reportedly, this creature is Anakin Skywalker reincarnated. And people were like, what the fuck? And fortunately, that turned out to not be true. Well, we don't know that that's not true. <laughs> it could have been. He could have been sucking from his dad's teeth. What does it say that they spent thousands, if not tens of thousands of dollars on staff time and materials to build that fucking robot for that scene. Tell me what that scene did. It had no point. You got us talking. If it was a marketing trick, it fucking worked. I got five through one here. Let's pick up the pace a little. So, five I'm going to guess is... Five I'm going to guess is uh, Return of the Jedi. You're, that's not right. <laughs> However, Empire Strikes Back. It is the Empire Strikes Back and I'm... All right. I am surprised about this. Empire Strikes Back was released May 21st, 1980. It is the sequel to the original uh, Star Wars film that uh, was released in 1977. It has a Metascore of 82, which is shocking to me that The Last Jedi has a Metascore of 85 compared to this. Yeah, me too. More appropriately, has a Rotten Tomato score of 95, which is the highest score, Rotten Tomato score of any Star Wars film on this list. And Brandon has ranked it number one. 
Number one, yeah. Oh, wait, I, did I tell you how much it grossed? I didn't tell no. you how much it grossed. That's the most important part. $712,126,000. I'm really surprised that it's not higher in 2019 dollars, but I think I figured out why. Tell me. Well, I can't tell you why because I have, yeah, I got, uh, sorry, I can't tell you why. I got two theories to share at the end because I have to wait till the end of this to share my theory of- No, you don't have to wait till the end. You're choosing to wait till the end. Well, I'm choosing because I don't want to reveal any of the answers. Uh, just you're going to have to hang on to that edge of your seat for a little bit longer until Brandon can tell us his two theories. So, Empire Strikes Back is your number one, huh? Yeah, it's uh, my number one. It's also my uh, my kid's favorite as well. Yeah, I'd say it's uh, top three for me in my uh, very uh, important Star Wars analytic opinion. Have you seen Empire Strikes Back more than once? Yes, but it's been a while. So, you're fairly familiar with it. Don't quiz me now. No, well, I, I'm familiar. I'm familiar with the broad strokes, but but if you're going to ask me like a specific side character, I probably couldn't tell you. Let, let me let's turn the tables here, and I want you to think back to that movie. What questions do you have about the story in Empire Strikes Back, or what is not clear to you? What doesn't make sense to you? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh fucking begin where to begin yeah there's so many questions running through my mind so that's the one where darth vader reveals to luke that he's his father at the very end yes in like the most dramatic scene in cinema history why does he reveal that at that time just to be a dickhead uh no after luke blows up the death star vader is vaguely aware that there is this boy out there this this boy yeah, uh, at the time Luke, okay. at the time he blew okay. up the Death Star, I think uh, Luke was like 19. So, there's this boy, there's this young man out there who he's got it, right? He's got the force and he was close to Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan was protecting him. I think and I believe that there are uh, Darth Vader comics that take place between episode four and five that fill the story in and I haven't read them. I've heard they're really good but I think Vader has a sense. That's when he first figures out like, holy shit, my kids lived. They were alive. They were hidden from me. Obi-Wan was wise to hide them from me. That's what he says. This is in episode two? No, 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 no. You're thinking, you get your episodes confused. This takes place, this thought process takes place between episode four, the original film and Empire Strikes Back. Okay. Uh, this is Kind of what happens in the comics that were released a year. But or two I don't ago. understand because his kid—he knows Anakin's is, or uh, he knows uh, Luke's his kid. He doesn't. So he never saw them born. The last time he sees his wife, she's pregnant, and he force chokes her, and she passes out or something. And when he wakes up after having the Darth Vader suit, the Emperor says, "The Emperor uh, kind of stretches the truth a little bit, kind of a dick move." Stretches his dick a little bit. He says, it appears in your anger, killed her. And <laughs> so, he didn't really. He he definitely hurt her. What a dickhead, you're right. He definitely <laughs> hurt her or something. But she dies in childbirth, right? But she gives birth to the twins, Luke and Leia. And Leia is taken by uh, Senator Organa to Alderaan and raised as his daughter, as a princess. And Luke is taken by Obi-Wan. How does she become a princess? Uh, because she's the daughter of a of a dignitary, the adopted daughter of a dignitary. Okay. 
And they they never let on, you know, that she was adopted. Luke, on the other hand, <laughs> fucking knew from the moment he was born that his ass was adopted. That's his aunt and uncle <laughs> and not by blood. And you're basically here to work on the farm and hopefully not become your fucking evil father. Uh, so, anyway, they were hidden from him. He has no idea who they that they were alive. And Obi-Wan shows up at the same time that this boy who can use the force shows up and fucking destroys the Death Star. Uh, Darth Vader's lucky to be alive. He's the only uh, one from the Empire who survived the destruction of the Death Star because he's flying outside. So, in Empire Strikes Back, he's trying to find the rebels and he's also trying to find Luke. By the time Empire rolls around, he knows who Luke is. He knows that Luke is his son. He knows that Luke is strong in the force. What I don't think people realize is Darth Vader doesn't fucking love the Emperor. He's trapped by the Emperor. He cannot defeat the Emperor. He cannot escape. He's too... He's... If Darth Vader would have never been injured and chopped in half, you know, and augmented with robotic parts and trapped in this suit, he would have been more powerful than the Emperor. But because of this, he can only reach like 80% of his force power. The Emperor will always be more powerful. The Emperor controls him. He has nothing left. He's a slave to him. And now, he finds out he has a son. And his son is powerful in the Force. His son can help him fucking kill this old asshole. And because he doesn't know anything else other than evil, he says, together we can rule the galaxy as father and son. Wants to be free of the Emperor and have a family again, but he's still, you know, evil and <laughs> wants to control the galaxy. So, that's why he reveals it to Luke is because he knows that Luke is becoming strong in the light, in the force, uh, that he will be a, <laughs> pun, force to be reckoned with soon. Mm. And it's a hell of a lot better for him to be on his side than against them. And, and then Luke says, no! <laughs> yeah. To contrast with the way Luke sort of whines and screeches no at the end there, I do have to say it is the most badass thing that anybody does in the Star Wars saga is what Luke does in the moments leading up to that. Only a year or two before that, he was the nephew of a poor fucking dirt farmer on a backwoods planet in the middle of nowhere. His best hope was to go to the Imperial Academy to become cannon fodder for the Empire. But then... He meets a fucking Jedi wizard. He gets a laser sword. He meets some new friends. He flies all over the galaxy and blows up the Death Star. He finds out that he is strong in this mystical power, right? But he is just learning it. He doesn't know anything. So, he goes off to Yoda and Yoda's like, I don't have time to teach you. You're too old. This isn't going to work. Uh, fine. I guess we don't have any other choice. I'll train you as best I can. So, he straps this little green guy in his back. He does backflips all over the place and then he looks at this cave. He says, what's in the cave? And Yoda says, don't go in there. You're not ready for that shit. He goes in the cave. He sees Darth Vader. He has a vision. He comes out and he's freaked out. He says he needs to go to his friends and Yoda says, if you leave now, you will fail. You are not strong enough to face Darth Vader. He's the baddest motherfucker in the galaxy. Besides Samuel L. Jackson. Besides Samuel L. Jackson. And Luke says, I don't care, man. I care too much about my friends. I don't have anybody. It, that's the thing. Luke didn't have anybody else. He, his aunt and uncle that he wasn't even related to by blood got turned into burning uh, scorched skeletons. So, he has nobody but his friends. I'm leaving to go protect my friends and save them. He goes to the Cloud City. 
he goes into the uh, carbon freezing chamber, carbon freezing chamber where Darth Vader is, and there's nobody else in there. Darth Vader is the most powerful, strongest, evilest dude in the galaxy, standing at the top of these stairs, and this boy just walks straight up the stairs and bows up to him, puffs out his chest, and draws a lightsaber on him, on the baddest dude in the galaxy. And then, like, holds his own with him for a little while. Uh, I'm really impressed with it. Uh, this means nothing to you. Sounds really cool. Okay, the equivalent of this is, who is the deadliest fighter in the world? It's got to be a, a mixed martial arts guy, right? Okay. Let's say, I don't know exactly who it is, but you know who Conor McGregor is, right? Let's just say it's Conor McGregor. Let's say it's Conor McGregor is the Darth Vader in the story and you are Luke and you're going to have two weeks to train with, uh, I don't know, another mixed martial artist guy, <laughs> Randy, Randy uh, Couture, right? We should probably just end this analogy before it gets any worse. No, no, no. Randy is going to train you for two weeks. You're going to strap on a backpack, Randy's going to get in the backpack and you're going to do backflips with Randy on your back. <laughs> you're going to lift an airplane out of the water, you're uh -huh. stand on your head and pick up some rocks and then Conor McGregor is going to kidnap your family. And tell me that he's my father? And torture them. No, you, he hasn't done that yet. He's kidnapped your family and tortured them and said, come and get your family. Sent you an email and said, I have your family if you want to come and get them. And Randy says, you're not ready. He's going to beat this fucking shit out of you. He's the strongest dude in the galaxy. If you go now, you will all be dead. And you say, I'm too brave. I love him too much. And you go and fight Conor McGregor. He kind of plays with you for a little bit. He lets you get a couple licks in just to, and he says, you know what? You're stronger than I thought. I'm kind of impressed here. But then you accidentally connect and you maybe hit him in the lip and draw a little blood. And he's like, all right, enough of this fucking shit. And he just ends you right there. In this case, he would break your arm because that's what Darth Vader did. He toyed with Luke to see how strong he was until Luke used his anger, reached out and harmed Darth Vader. He lands a blow in his shoulder, probably hurt the shit out of him. It's one of the only pl few places on his body you could hit him and actually hit flesh rather than a robotic part. So, he hit his shoulder on the flesh that's remaining. And Darth Vader does a lightsaber move that he had done earlier to disarm Luke. He does this move and the lightsaber flies out of Luke's hand. Well, he does that move again and Luke holds on to his lightsaber. In this second, he knows like, all right, he's too dangerous now and that's why he lops his hand off. So, when does Conor McGregor tell me he's my dad? Yeah. And so, Conor McGregor has enough of your shit. He beats the hell out of you. He breaks your arm and then he says, Randy lied to you. Your dad is not your dad. Me, Conor McGregor, is your dad. That part doesn't match up exactly, but that's how badass it was for Luke to go up against Darth Vader. No, but Luke had the force. I don't have the force. You had Randy to help you. Randy Couture. In my backpack, yeah. All right. So, that, I mean, thank you for that long extended analogy that did not help me. Episode 5, fifth grossing. So, okay. the fourth. Don't tell me, goddammit. Oh, I'm, I'm asking you to guess. So, what do we have left? We have Return of the Jedi, we have A New Hope, we have The Force Awakens and we have Episode 1. Episode 1. I'm going to guess that um, Episode 1 is number 4. It is not. Episode 1 is number 3. Episode or number 4 is Episode 6, Return of the Jedi. That's what I... Ah! I wanted to say that. You made me not do it. No, I didn't. 
You tricked me with your macho head games. I mind tricked you, <laughs> macho. <laughs> yeah, if anything, if there's a subtitle for this uh, episode, it's called Macho Head Games. <laughs> yeah, fourth highest grossing Star Wars film was episode six, Return of the Jedi. It was released May 25th, 1983. With the domestic total adjusted gross, $2019, it grossed $731 million. Wow. $731,280,000. It has a meta score of only 58. Interesting. It is one of the lower ranked uh, on meta score. This is one of the most beloved in the series, right, by fans? Uh, it is uh, somewhat beloved. I think it was probably the first Star Wars film to suffer the criticism that it was, that, that shit was too kiddie shit. Like the little Ewok, mm -hmm. the Ewoks were too cute, it was for kids. The Ewoks can never be too cute, Brandon. I love the Ewoks. Do you think they eat their mother's nutritious shit like the koala bears? Oh, I'm positive. Did you see how <laughs> yellow and brown their fucking jacked up teeth are? So, last episode, if you missed it, Brandon revealed the shocking revelation that Koala bears eat their mother's shit nutritious, because it's nutritious. Nutritious feces. And I have to assume that uh, Ewoks do too because they have... Next time you watch that movie, look, watch them. They all have seriously fucked up dental problems. Some of them have tusks. Some of them have tusks but not all of them? How come... Or is that like a male-female thing? I don't know. I can't remember. Some of them... I thought you were Mr. Star Wars. <laughs> That's what they called me in high school. Uh, now, some of them had uh, like a little, t I think the one that's like kind of white and gray, whatever, I can't remember his name, uh, fucking <laughs> Lojack. So, now, uh, Rotten Tomatoes, however, gives it an 81 and I have it ranked three and a third on my list. Okay. So, A New Hope is your number two then? Correct. Okay. Uh, Return of the Jedi is my number three because it wraps up the Luke and Darth Vader storyline. Although, well, maybe not. You saw Return of the Jedi when you were a kid, right? You have, when was the last time you saw that? The last time I saw Return of the Jedi, I mean, honestly, probably when episodes one, two, and three came out around that time. Did you know that Harrison Ford asked for Han Solo to be written, like written out like written to die in that film? Oh, really? No, why? Because he was tired of running around with Ewoks and goblins and other aliens and shit. Uh, he was just done with it, done with the character. Well, why though? It, it was the last film anyway. I think because the idea at the time was they were going to like keep making movies and make a prequel and a sequel trilogy and he was just not interested. I wonder why it took him 20-something years to make new movies. Recently read or heard something about that and it was... So it's sort of widely regarded as a as like a misstep that they should have sort of struck while the iron was hot instead of waiting, I don't know, 17 years or something like that. Yeah. So, this is the one where we're introduced to that little critter, the small annoying uh, rat guy that sits on the tail of Jabba the Hutt. Are you sure it's his tail? I thought it was his dick. So, it's like if I was Jabba the Hutt, you are my salacious crumb. Hmm. You're the small, annoying, rat-like thing that sits on my tail and laughs like an evil maniac. Sure. If, if that's the one that's doing all the work on the podcast, then yeah. Do you think he and Jabba have a, have a podcast together? What do you think it's about? Sports? I have to assume that Salacious Crumb is on Jabba's tail as part of like a um, symbiotic relationship. 
Is he there in the in the other films? Who is Java? Java's Java no. is only in episode. Th- in, is that movie? No, you uh, you bring up a sore subject. So in the special edition of wow. of episode four, A New Hope includes a scene that was originally cut, where Han runs into Jabba. Like Jabba is standing outside the Millennium Falcon, like waiting for Han to show up so he can say, "Where's my money?" And the CGI they used for it is so fucking... Um, like, they used bad CGI once and then they went back and they're like, hey, we fixed it. And the, even when they fixed it, it still looks like cartoony dog shit and it's useless. There's no reason for it to be in there. It does nothing to advance the story. It makes Jabba the Hutt not look like a scary gangster. It makes him look like a silly comic relief fat slug. Well, he does look like that for the record. It also introduces Boba Fett as being hanging around him like he's one of his henchmen, which is not true at all. He was a bounty hunter. There's no reason for him to be hanging around if there was no bounty. And at that time, there was not a bounty on Han's head or he would have just taken him in right then. So, no, it's not the first appearance of Jabba, but Jabba appears in uh, episode six, Return of the Jedi. That's the one where, you know, he famously squares off against Luke. He, Luke says, I want my friends back. He says, fuck off, go fight this big uh, Rancor beast down here. Luke kills the Rancor beast and Jabba's like, all right, f- enough of this. We're really going to have some fun. We're going to throw these guys in this big nasty pit that uh, will devour them over the course of decades. <laughs> then he gets his slug self is is choked is strangled uh, by Princess Leia with her chains. That's right. Hey, Princess Leia and Luke, they were like fucking, right? They're pretty close. In, episode, in The Empire Strikes Back, she kisses him on the lips. Ugh. And he like leans back kind of smugly satisfied and Han is jealous. Why did they do that? Did they know she was going to be his sister at that point? No. They didn't know then. They'd change that later. Yeah. And people are like, well, you know. <laughs> no, she's. they didn't know at the time. It's okay to say, yeah, she mouth kissed her brother looking back, but they didn't know at the time. It's okay to reconcile these things. But he doesn't find out that Leia is his sister until after he saves her in the gold bikini. And he does like put his hand on her hip in a way that if she was my sister, I'd be like, I'm not supposed to put my hand on her hip right here. But what about your brother? I mean, how often did you and your brother put your hands on each other's hips? <laughs> put that gold bikini on, let's play. <laughs> Let's play. Holy shit. (laughs) Well, I shouldn't laugh. I'm sure some of our listeners out there. Anyway, moving on. Yeah, that's why. And then Jabba the Hutt was also in episode one in the pod race. He slithers over to like a a balcony where he can watch the race. Oh, that's right. That's right. And that's just like a cameo, right? Yeah. And he has like a wife, a girl, like a, a Jabba the slut with him. Holy shit. She looks just like him except she has like rouge and eyelashes. <laughs> I'm not making that up. <laughs> she has like, she looks like she's wearing fucking slug makeup. She has slug makeup. Now, what is different about slug makeup than regular makeup? Makeup for a slug. <laughs> I'm looking at it. Jabba. All right. Jabba. The. Hut. Hut. Girlfriend. Wife. Oh, look. She has boobies. She has breasts. Her name is Gardula. That's right. Look at her. She has really pissed off look on her face, but she kind of has slug tits. I'm waiting for it to pull up. There it is. Okay, so she does look exactly like Jabba. So, she's not wearing makeup. Maybe I was just distracted and thought she was, 
she was more feminized because of the fact she has fucking slug tits. Uh, you're okay. really enamored with the slug breasts. Well, it's bizarre because why does that make her a female slug? I mean, a female slug could just have like, god damn it. If she doesn't need mammaries. What? I don't understand the problem. She, she has slug breasts. She has to feed her children, Brandon. Do you want the children to starve? She's not a mammal. She... But, well, she fucking is. She has breasts. I guess the sea hag's not a mammal and it had tits. There is a long history of aquatic slugs with tits in Star Wars. <laughs> They're not really slugs. Slugs is just the closest thing we can compare them to from our universe. Slug tits, sea cow tits, fucking bunch of perverts. George Lucas, man. Uh, so, that's Return of the Jedi. Episode one is number three. Is the third. Episode one, The Phantom Menace, is the third highest grossing Star Wars film. It was released May 19th, 1999. It grossed $765,977,000. It's a Metascore of 51. It is the lowest ranked Star Wars film on Metacritic. It has a Rotten Tomatoes score of 54. It is the lowest ranked on Rotten Tomatoes. Huh. And it has a Brandon ranking. Of number 10, making it the lowest rank there as well. Like I said before, it was a fucking tremendous disappointment. For a Star Wars movie, there was so much shit about trade disputes and like the Space Congress. It was like watching Space C-SPAN for half of that movie. And there was so much nonsensical shit. So, I was 17 when episode one came out. I remember the day it premiered. It was a Friday. I was in school. I was, or might have been a Thursday and I bought the tickets for the midnight premiere. Either way, Mrs. Clark, my trigonometry teacher, let me uh, leave school. Mrs. Clark uh, told me that I was not allowed to check out of school, but if I climbed out the window and was sneaky, mm -hmm. I could go to the theater and buy my tickets. So, God bless her. You climbed out of a window? Yeah, I mean, it was on the first floor. It's not like. But instead of going out by around like by the office where I would be seen, she allowed me to climb out the window, to get in my car, drive away from school, like five miles away from the school, buy theater tickets and then come back before the end of her class. How come no one else in class took up on that offer? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. That's a great question. She could have been fired for that. She could have. But this was back in the 90s when... 1890s, yeah. <laughs> this was before people started murdering kids at school and... Uh, with things were a little bit more lax. No, Brandon, don't you know it's always been like that? It's just the internet. It's so much more obvious now. Yeah, we only know about all the school shootings now because they're covered more. Yep. <clears throat> Fucking media. You would have felt like shit if Mrs. Clark got fired for that. I would have, but it's fine. I think she, her career continued. Everything was cool. <laughs> as far as we know. The Phantom Menace, I went and got the tickets even at 17 years old. The beginning of the movie... I'm like, okay, so these Jedis are going to talk to these aliens about a trade dispute? That's not very exciting. And then they go down to the, to the planet. Uh, some people in the palace are talking to, you know, one of their friends on those uh, holocrons, those holograms. Mm -hmm. It like gets a little bit staticky and then the signal goes out. And this asshole jumps up and goes, a communications disruption can only mean one thing, invasion. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, whoa, wait a second. Could it also mean that like the satellite went down? Could it also mean that like the battery's out of juice? 
he immediately assumes because they got a hang up because the phone got disconnected that they're being invaded. It turns out he was right, but. (laughs) Well, you can't be too hard on him. But there's tons of that shit in the movie. And like I said, it's all this stuff about space senators talking about space politics and stuff. I saw it again when the they had a plan 10 or 12 years ago to re-release the Star Wars movies redone for 3D and they started with episode one and it shit so bad down its leg at the box office that they stopped doing it. They didn't even get to episode two. But I saw episode one in 3D when they released it and I fell asleep. Well, I'm surprised because you yourself said that, you know, people of that generation have a soft spot for that movie. I thought it'd still do well. No. And it couldn't have been so shitty because the other two films after it in that trilogy also did really, I mean, they did really well. Uh, they abandoned their their 3D plans, which is fine. I don't think, I don't think, uh, I mean, it's just sort of gimmicky. I don't think it's really like a long-lasting, artistic, interesting endeavor. You don't think 3D is artistic? I'm over 3D. I don't ever want to see a movie in 3D again. Do you? No, I don't care about 3D. If there's a movie out, I never see the 3D version because it costs more. I never see the 3D movie because it, uh, 50% of the time it gives me a headache or makes me feel like serious nausea. You and my grandpa both. And instead of suing the theater, I just packed up my shit and went home. Well, you really missed out on an opportunity there. Yeah. All right. Are you ready to guess? <laughs> I don't think there's much guessing Number two left. is two A left. New Hope and number one is A Force Awakens. No, you got them wrong. You got them backwards. What? The second grossing Star Wars film is The Force Awakens, released December 18th, 2015. All right, get ready for this number. Domestic total adjusted gross in 2019 dollars, $976,279,300. This is The Force Awakens. It made nearly a billion dollars domestically. Uh, Metascore... Gave The Force Awakens aggregate of 81. Rotten Tomatoes has it at a 92. And in my ranking, it is number 4 out of 10. I hated The Force Awakens and it's because, yeah, I'm going to be one of those people. Tell me why you hated The Force Awakens. It's just a rehash. It's like every movie that had taken place before this never happened. It just starts over again. The same cycle. We got a new group of bad guys with a new Death Star and we have a new one Jedi that can save it. And we have a new masked villain. Man, that his helmet and the voice changer in it are so badass though. Yeah, it was badass until he took his mask off and he's just a whiny little teenager. Well, that's uh, fucking poetry, bro. I mean, can you disagree with anything I said? Every single part no, of that uh, plot you... is literally... And they even have Luke and Leia in it again. It's just a complete... It just really pissed me off, but... And and that's someone who doesn't even care about Star Wars got pissed off. It it pissed you off. (laughs) You were stomping your feet about it. I guess the reason it pissed me off is because everyone jacks off about it so much. But it's like the least creative thing. It's the least creative relaunch they could have done. And it's because they were just they were just trying to. St- <laughs> Everyone jacks off about it. They were just so trying much. to give a handsy to all the fans instead of trying to like progress the story in a in a new way. When you bought your ticket and you sat down, like a little hand comes out of the out of the theater seat and just starts jacking away. And it has the Disney logo on it. It's got Mickey Mouse's ears. <laughs> it's a Mickey Mouse hand. Holy shit! We gotta stop. Oh, <laughs> uh, just <laughs> it's the gloved hand. <laughs> hey, totally valid. 
You're, uh, well, it I, I can't be too valid because it's number four on Brandon's rankings. Well, yeah. Look, look. I'm not. How do you have any respect for yourself? <laughs> I guess, like, in your world, my tolerance of other people's opinions <laughs> is a lack of respect for myself <laughs> <laughs> because I'm not. Uh, I, I don't puff out my chest and try to challenge you. Like, who are you to say this isn't a rehash? <laughs> No, it, it follows a lot of the same beats as the original Star Wars. Part of that is introducing these themes to a new generation of young fans. And also, the idea that themes would repeat in an epic work or a saga is not a new idea. But it's not just the, th- yeah, it's not the of- themes repeating, Brandon. It's literally the plot points repeating. Well, yeah, a lot of people don't like that. I get it, man. However... It didn't have any amphibian tits. Yeah, it should be ranked 10 then. Who did you see The Force Awakens with? I'm interested as a not, as someone who's not a Star Wars fan, like who, like what brought you to the theater and who did I you go? I saw it with my friends, I guess. I Because it's like one of those things where like I know everyone's going to see it and it's not that I'm not a Star Wars fan, I'm just not a super fan. I'll see the movies and then I'll never think about it again until the next movie, you know what I mean? Are your friends more interested in it than you are? Yes, I'm... The lone non-Star Wars fan. They're going to love, are they going to love the fact that this episode is focusing on something that you care nothing about? I don't care what they do and don't love. How's that? (laughs) The Force Awakens is, well, do you want to know why I ranked it number four? Yeah. I like that the new main character, the new hero is a girl. Yeah. Yeah, I like her. All three of the main characters, uh, Ray, Finn, and Poe, I think all three of them could be further developed and I hope that they are in the third movie. It feels like we're sort of running out of time. Uh, but I like them all. I like, I really like the idea of a character who used to be a stormtrooper and defected. Yeah. I'm not quite as interested in the Poe Dameron like hotshot cool pilot. Yeah. See, those first two things you said, I like, that's what I do like about the movie because those are new things. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not saying there's nothing good in this movie and I'm not even saying it's a bad movie. I'm just saying it's a lazy movie. But anyway, go ahead. I think they did a good job of like advancing the the way the set design is worked and the way that the ships and costumes and stuff to advance them in, in that same world and make them look new but still connected to the old movies and stuff, make everything look like it's part of a real universe. All that stuff was awesome. Um, I even kind of like the fact that the First Order looks like a bunch of Nazis and it's like, it's even more in your face uh, Nazi rally stuff than it was in the first few movies. My biggest gripe with it and maybe other Star Wars fans will connect with this is that they really shit all over Han Solo. Like his storyline was about scoundrel and a smuggler, guy living on the outskirts of society finding friends and a family and a purpose and doing heroic things but while still having that sort of arrogant, what would you call it, scoundrel uh, attitude and personality, right? He's still Han Solo but he has a character arc. Mm-hmm. And so, when, the, when we leave him in episode 6, they defeated the Empire, he's in love with Leia. Uh, Leia says, Luke's my brother so you don't have to worry about me fucking him anymore. Uh, maybe. Right? So, uh, he should be all set. He's a general in the rebellion 
in the new Repu- he's a general in the new republic's army so you think he should be all set and then you come back to the force awakens he's lost the millennium falcon his son is the fucking most evilest dude in the galaxy he hasn't spoken to his, the wife of his child and the love of his life in years and he's just back to doing the same schlubby shit job that he was doing when the story started it's like in his retirement years he should have he should have been doing cool shit or set up to be a badass and he was just back to, he'd lost everything and he was back to like scraping shit together and screwing people over and and being a, a scoundrel and a scallywag. It's because they wanted to give people the Han Solo they remember. They didn't want to progress his character. Well. And I, I'm agreeing with you. I'm just saying that's the reasoning. <sighs> and then he got, then he got murdered. Spoiler, holy shit, Brandon. I'm still upset about it. That he died? Uh, that he went out like a punk. That he got patricided. <laughs> patricided, yeah. But I do like the fact that like right after he died, Chewbacca picked up his uh, bowcaster and didn't hesitate to shoot. Shoot someone who he had probably known, as a, known and loved as a small child. You think about that when, when uh, Rick Kylo... Kylo Ren or Ben Solo was born, you know, he didn't go off to Luke's Jedi Academy like right away. He was probably five or six, something, maybe even older. So, for the formative years of his life, Chewbacca was like his uncle. And <laughs> then he kills his father and Chewbacca's like, I don't care if I change that kid's diaper or not. I'm going to shoot him in the stomach with this. You think Chewbacca's changing diapers? He has fingers. <laughs> There's no way Chewbacca's changing diapers. He's too busy fucking other Wookiees. <laughs> you know that that guy's a horn dog. There's no way he's not Chewbacca. Yeah, yeah. L- but listen I don't... to that call. That call he makes is custom made <laughs> for orgasm <laughs> sounds. Yeah, I don't think that he would limit his uh, attraction just to another Wookiee. Too, he's so strong. Uh, yeah. He would just whatever he wants. He would go. Okay, let's not, let's just stop there before we get in trouble here. So, then number one's A New Hope. The top grossing Star Wars film is episode four, A New Hope. It was released May 25th, 1977, Memorial Day weekend. Uh, most of the Star Wars films, all the Star Wars films up until The Force Awakens were released Memorial Day weekend. It was sort of a tradition that they dominated Memorial Day weekend, but they began to break that tradition with The Force Awakens. Uh, so, anyway, May 25th, 1977, domestic total adjusted gross for episode four, A New Hope, in 2019 dollars, $1,288,888,100. Damn, that's like, that's like how much we get for one episode of the Tennis Podcast. For comparison, Star Wars, A New Hope, in 2019 dollars, outgrossed Solo, A Star Wars Story, by more than $1 billion. Wow. Solo, A Star Wars Story was still a successful movie monetarily. Yeah. So, Metascore, uh, the Metacritic Metascore for uh, New Hope is 90. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes has it rated 93, which is just a hair behind Empire Strikes Back. And in my ranking, it is number two. A Wookiee hair behind Empire Strikes Back. That's pretty impressive when you consider that when A New Hope came out, it was a brand new concept brand new movie there was there was not this there was not this context of an entire 
franchise behind it like there is now and it still managed to be such a just word of mouth I guess at the time still managed to be such a hit like for comparison Avengers Endgame comes out uh, next Thursday or Friday and it's going to be one of the biggest movies of all time but I don't think that domestically it will surpass 1.2 billion dollars no probably not domestically and this was no one had ever heard of Star Wars before. Right, right. So, yeah, it's incredible. That's why we're talking about it today. That's why there were are nine more live action movies that were released since. Is the next Star Wars film, which is The Rise of Skywalker, whatever the hell it's called. Episode 9. Is that the last one for now? So, they just announced at Star Wars Celebration, which is an annual event they hold. And this year at Star Wars Celebration, there's lots of news and updates about upcoming Star Wars projects. So, if you want the updates, here they are. Episode 9 is still scheduled for release in December. Beyond that, they are taking a break from releasing Star Wars trilogy movies. There is a trilogy that is supposed to be headed up or produced by the two producers from Game of Thrones are producing a trilogy. Oh, wow. And Ryan Johnson is getting his own trilogy that are all outside of the Skywalker saga. Uh, so, there's at least two more trilogies at some point in the 2020s uh, releasing. I'm not sure about any standalone films. Uh, the other update we got and the thing that I think I'm uh, most excited about, I'm more excited about this than I am about uh, episode 9 for sure, is the Star Wars live action TV show that starts in November. I think I might have mentioned it before. Is that the one on the Disney network? On Disney Plus? Yeah, it's going to be on the Disney Plus streaming service in November. It's called The Mandalorian, set five years after Return of the Jedi. The showrunner, the writer and showrunner for it is John Favreau, who did Iron Man. John Favreau is is awesome. Yeah, you've gushed you've gushed about him on here before. It looks absolutely awesome. It looks really incredible. Well, I'll have to take your word for it because I probably won't watch it. If you have Disney Plus, you should at least give the first episode. Uh, from what I have heard, all episodes, I think there's eight or ten episodes of uh, The Mandalorian. I might be wrong on that. Anyway, however many episodes there are of The Mandalorian will all be released when Disney Plus goes live. I'm excited about Disney Plus though. You realize now they own all Star Wars, all Marvel, all the Disney shit to be, you know, also. Uh-huh. Now they own The Simpsons. Yeah, I know. They are uh, taking over. But God bless them. I guess. All hail the mouse. Do you want me to run through that list one more time? We can run through the list. Your top 10 domestic total adjusted grossing Star Wars films. This is $2019 with an average ticket price of $9.03. Number 10, the lowest solo a Star Wars story. Number 9 was episode 2, Attack of the Clones. Number 8, episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. 7 was Rogue One. 6 was episode 8, The Last Jedi. 5 is episode 5, Empire Strikes Back. 4 is Return of the Jedi. Three is The Phantom Menace to The Force Awakens. And the top one at $1.2 billion in 2019 money, Episode 4, A New Hope. Why don't you go through your Brandon's personal rankings too since we were talking about that a lot. Okay. So, my number 10 is The Phantom Menace. Number 9, Attack of the Clones. Number 8, Rogue One. Number 7, Solo. 6 is Episode 3. 5, The Last Jedi. 4, The Force Awakens. 3, Return of the Jedi, 2, A New Hope, and number 1, Empire Strikes Back. Uh, now, I mentioned a couple theories. I do 
very quickly want to talk about my uh, theory for how episode nine will wrap up. Uh, this is probably way off base uh, because we don't know hardly anything about the movie. But so, did you see the trailer for Rise of Skywalker? No. Okay. Well, at the end of the trailer, you hear the Emperor's laugh. Strike me down. Yes. Uh, right after you see an image of the second Death Star, uh, the wreckage of the second Death Star in an ocean, is most likely on the forest moon of Endor. You see that and then it cuts to black and you hear the Emperor laughing. They're most likely going to find a way to tie the sequel trilogy to the original trilogy and the prequels. The most logical way to do that is to have the Emperor as, once again, the puppet master behind everything. And if you think about every trilogy, that's kind of how they were laid out. In the original trilogy, the first movie, we don't even hear anything about the Emperor. All we know is that Vader's the baddest motherfucker in the galaxy and he's the one to be feared. In the second film, you find out that Vader reports to someone. He reports to the Emperor. And you get a little bit of information about his relationship with the Emperor and where he's at in regards to his relationship with his son versus, uh, versus the Emperor. And then in episode uh, in Return of the Jedi, it's revealed the Emperor was pulling the strings behind both of these guys the whole time. Same thing in the prequel trilogy. The Emperor, uh, Sheev Palpatine, was behind all of the political turmoil and the political moves in the, in the Senate, all of these moves, the creation, uh, secret creation of a clone army, all of this was done, him pulling the strings behind or him puppet mastering behind the scenes to gain power and take over the uh, galaxy. So, I think it's going to end up being the same thing is that in episode 9, we find out he's been pulling these strings all along. He used Snoke. He's been tricking Kylo Ren. I think that we're going to find out that Emperor Palpatine or at the time, Chancellor Palpatine, the Sith Lord, basically created life as he relates in a, a story at the end of episode three. He relates a story about Darth Plagueis had discovered the secret to internal life and that he could even create life from the Force. I think that either he or he in conjunction with this Darth Plagueis guy created Anakin out of the Force because his mother even says there was no father. She carried him. She gave birth to him. She can't explain it other than that. I think they made a baby and basically impregnated her with the Force. So, Anakin was created from the Force. That means Luke and Leia are also created from the Force from Emperor Palpatine. And I believe he did the same thing with Rey's character. I think she is also created of the Force by Emperor Palpatine. And she will ultimately be the one that destroys him. Are you reading my notes? Because that's my exact theory too. Hey. Like word for word. For all the people who are into Star Wars, I just laid some serious shit down for it. But why would he create them from the Force if the Force is... Why would, he, why would he create them in the first place? I think to create a life that he could take over and, and inhabit. Like that's the secret to internal life. To be able to create life and then to inhabit it. Seems a little heavy for the Star Wars universe. I know. It's a lot of shit to introduce but it's also a lot of shit to introduce a guy who has been dead for three movies. So, I don't know. They got a lot of uh, ground and logic to make up just by bringing back the Emperor but that's my guess. I could be totally wrong but that's my guess. 
I think that's enough Star Wars for one day. Well, don't worry. I'll be putting together additional lists based on Star Wars in the future. For more Star Wars, all kinds of other shit, you should follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at 10ishpod, 10ishpod. And if you haven't already, make sure you pick up your 10ish podcast merch, including your hashtag hot dog Brandon shirt. And you can buy our shirts right now at tpublic.com. That's tpublic.com. Just search for 10ish and you can find our shirts there. We also have other shit there. T-E-E public. Yeah, sorry. T-E-E public.com. If you... What else do we want to plug here? Our butts. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's it. All right. We'll be back next week. We did it. I'll have the list next week and it will be something not Star Wars. God help us, not Star Wars. I hope it's Harry Potter. Which do you prefer? Which Star are you Wars. more interested in? Star Wars. Over Harry Potter? Yeah. Star Wars or Marvel? Marvel. Interesting. But I don't care about either. <laughs> Whatever you're fucking nerd about all of them. I'll have my own nerd list next week. I already have something in mind. Thanks for listening and goodbye. Bye. If you like that, you're going to want to stick around to hear me and Brandon rant and rave about the most recent Star Wars film, The Rise of Skywalker. It's coming up right after this short ad break, which you can of course skip all ads in all episodes as a Tennis Pod Plus member, but I digress. Don't go anywhere. It's 2020. Well, not right now, it isn't. Shh. Brandon, how was your New Year's Eve in the past? Uh, it was awesome. I'm glad I survived the apocalypse. Mm-hmm. And uh, me and what's left of my inflatable family are having a good time pulling around a donkey with pots and pans clanging on its back in this uh, dystopian <laughs> hellscape we all now live in. But your podcast recording equipment made it out just fine, I see. Yeah, it it made it out fine. I'm recording on the back of the donkey. I forgot all about the inflatable family. I'm going to have to start hammering that one home again. Uh Uh-huh. That's Brandon over there. I'm Nick. We are the host and sidekick host of the Tennis Podcast, the show where every episode, one of us tries to guess the other's top 10 list. Mm -hmm. This is our first episode of 2020. I want to thank everyone real quick for giving us our best month yet in December. We broke a lot of our own records there. So, thank you for listening. And it's especially, don't you think it's especially impressive considering we have such a shitty sidekick host on this show that really drags down the energy, the excitement, the (laughs) likability of the show. Considering that, we have a very steep, steep uphill battle to gain and maintain listeners. And despite that, we still managed to do okay. So, thank you for listening. I feel slighted in that. (laughs) No, you shouldn't feel slighted. It's not always about you, Brandon. Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Okay, what are we going to talk about today? The first... Oh, oh, actually, before you do that, this is episode 69. Yeah. Just wanted to uh, point that out. You don't have something funny to say there? Oh, you mean it's the goddamn sex number? Yeah, this should have been a sex topic today. It is a very sexy topic. Okay, let's hear it. When this episode airs, it will be three weeks after Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker has premiered. Three weeks from which moviegoers around the world can get their Star Wars fix, mm. no longer have to worry about spoilers. So, 
Heads up, if you haven't seen it yet, we're going to talk about it because Nick and I saw Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker the night before we recorded this. We saw it together. Yeah, we saw it together. It was hard to pay attention with so much brain and butt in my hands at all times. (laughs) I think we have a similar take on the movie, which may come as a shock to some, but we're going to talk about my 12 problems with Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. They're not listed in order. Your 12 problems. They're my 12 grievances with Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. So, just to be clear, you did say there will be spoilers today, right? This is going to be spoiler central. Okay. We know you have 12 grievances, but overall, did you like or dislike the film? Overall, I disliked the film. After we walked out of the theater, Brandon told me he thinks it was worse than episode one, which is saying a lot. Because I thought episode one was bad. But coming out of episode one, I had a lot of questions about how the movie got made. But coming out of The Rise of Skywalker, I had a lot of questions about like, what did I see? Who allowed this to happen? Yeah. I know that hurts. Sometimes it hurts people's feelings when they find out someone didn't like something that they really like. And I can totally understand why people would have liked it. There's a lot of fun stuff in it, but it didn't hit the spot with me. The B spot. Didn't hit my B spot. Uh, well, why don't we, to, to make sure this episode is not all negative, we'll also shout out some things we like here and there too. I'll start out with something I like. The okay. tiny little droid hacker puppet, Babu Frick. Oh, yeah. Like uh, I didn't realize that he was speaking something close to English or basic in the Star Wars universe. I didn't, it was like maybe the third or fourth time he said something before I realized you could kind of understand him and I liked yeah. him. So, there you go. So, yeah. And why don't you, for the folks that may be newer to the show, why don't you summarize your Star Wars fandom credentials real quick? I have a Star Wars tattoo on my arm. (laughs) Would you consider Star Wars your favorite or one of your favorite pieces of like like, pop culture or something? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, definitely. Okay. You've seen every movie a million times. Yes. Seen all the movies. I've, yeah. I know a lot of the sort of nerdy lore stuff, not everything. Nerdy bore stuff? Lore. Bore and lore, oh, yes. Yes, okay. Uh, yeah, I'm into it. On the other side of the spectrum, you have myself. I have seen every Star Wars film. Some of them I have not seen in a very long time. I, I would consider myself a casual fan. I'm not obsessed with the films. I don't think about the films at all unless I'm sitting down watching it. But I do enjoy some of the movies. So There is one thing you think about in Star Wars because you still bring it up all the time. Luke Skywalker. Drinking uh, the green milk out of the sea hag's teeth. I still am waiting for an explanation. Okay, so this is in The Last Jedi, Luke. Uh, Ray finds Luke on whatever planet that is and they do a close-up shot of Luke aggressively s- squeezing some green milk out of a sea hag's tit and then just greedily gulping it down and then there's a zoom in on his face. And I'm still waiting for someone at the Star Wars people uh-huh. to, to tell me the point. Why are we doing this? Other than to be silly and for the host of the Tennis Podcast to bring it up every few for episodes. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Do you want to just start guessing or do you want to give any more like overall thoughts on everything? Sprin- as we'll, a whole? we'll sprinkle in some more positives throughout the way. Okay. So, again, this will probably be more enjoyable if you've seen the movie. I think it'll be still, I think it'll still be good if you haven't or if you don't give a rat's ass about Star Wars. Yeah. Because there's All some, right. okay. There's some fucking bizarre stuff that happened last night. Some very strange choices. Okay, let me start. Your 12 grievances in no particular order. No Uh, no order. One of my top grievances, Mm -hmm. I'm thinking you might share it, is I can count off the top of my head three deaths 
that ended up meaning nothing. There was the emperor who died and then inexplicably is just back at the beginning. He's back in like the first, you know, one of the first scenes. Yeah. It's almost like expected that you know why he's back or how he's back. And as far as I can, and you know, maybe we missed it. I haven't read a bunch of reviews or anything, but as far as I can tell, the only possible explanation was in a throwaway line about cloning like halfway through the movie. Yeah. Well, so let's stop there because you've, you kind of went a little bit yeah, broad okay. and you've hit on one already. Let me tell you two more, the other two deaths though. One was Chewbacca. You thought he died for, you know, a good 20 minutes and then he's back. It was even and shorter then than end, that. It was just a couple minutes. You didn't even get a chance to feel it before they're like, psych, there he is. Yeah. And by the end, the third death, Ray, the second she was implied to be dead, I knew for a fucking- She's not going to stay dead. I knew as much as I knew that I have two feet, I knew that she would be just fine and sure enough, she was. Also, they just spent the last movie showing that dead is dead in the Star Wars universe because Luke died and he became a ghost and he's not coming yeah, back. Yeah, now you can just be ghosts. Yeah, anyway. He was a ghost in this so one too hit, and so was Leia. You hit on one. All right, I'm sorry. And I'm, I'm going off here. Go ahead. It's the first one that I wrote down. It's not my top one, but it is uh, the first one I wrote down. It's that the Emperor comes back out of fucking nowhere. It's the first line of the crawl. It's like, holy shit, death speaks. From beyond the grave, the emperor sends out like a warning message. And I leaned over to Brandon and I was like, because I haven't seen The Last Jedi since the theater when it first came out. And I was like, am I forgetting that they set that up in the last film? No. And no. But it's because they made this shit up as they went along and they didn't plan anything out. There was no foreshadowing. There's no hint. There's nothing. It was just, hey, surprise, the emperor is back. Yeah. It, he just came up out of nowhere. And I would be fine with the emperor coming back, if it's done better, if there were clues or there was something in the previous two movies that hinted that this was part of the plan rather than just like a, oh shit, we got to do something here. We don't have a bad guy for the next movie. They do though, Kylo Ren, but they fucked him up from minute one in this series. <laughs> And by the way, I don't know if this is another grievance. It's going to be hard to not just start ranting on this episode. That's okay. Another grievance I have is at the end, the emperor, you know, we've already established it's nonsensical that he's just back. Yeah. And then he begs Ray to kill him. Do it. For like five minutes. Do it. Do it. Strike me down. He begs her to do that it. That was another and one And then of she mine. won't do it. Yep. And then he comes back to life somehow. Uh -huh. That that's I hate it when not just Star Wars, any film universe. It's a big complaint for me for superhero movies too. They just seem to make up the rules as they go in the movie, in the narrative structure. Yeah. So I wrote that one down. Anyway, okay. So she kills him, and then nothing happens. That's the twelfth one I wrote down. That the Emperor wanted Ray to destroy him, and she refused, just like Luke refused to destroy the Emperor. But then when he was zapping every or zapping her with lightning and she put up uh -huh. another lightsaber, which how the fuck do you know, like just crossing the lightsabers is going to make the lightning bounce back and zap him. And also, if you make lightning come out of your hands, why the fuck would lightning also kill you? <laughs> anyway. And why not just slightly redirect the lightning yeah, like, or toward her legs or something? Move your head a little bit. Anyway, she zaps with the lightning and he disintegrates and dies which is what mm -hmm. he wanted her to do. And then after <laughs> he's dead, he doesn't take over his body, her body like he said he was going to uh -huh. do. He just fucks off like he was bluffing the whole time. Right. One of the best scenes in the prequels is when there's this um, sort of operatic underwater ballet thing going on. It's kind of cool to watch and Chancellor Palpatine is watching it and Anakin, the Jedi Knight, comes and joins him. 
And there's lots of good uh, prequel memes based on this exchange, but it's still a good exchange when Palpatine says something like, have you ever heard the tale of Darth Plagueis the Wise? <laughs> and he's talking about Anakin is, is telling him he has visions of his wife Padme dying and he wants to prevent them from happening. And that's when Palpatine tells him that about a power to even create life. And he says, can you learn? And Anakin asks, you know, just because you're a villain doesn't mean you have to talk like a talk like a jackass. Yeah. Anakin says, um, can you learn this power? And he says, not from a Jedi. Right. So like (laughs) implying that the Sith have discovered the secret to immortality. Which it sounds like they have. If he can die and transfer himself into like a clone of Snoke or a clone of his own body, then okay, I get that. But he says you can't learn it from a Jedi. Yet in the movie, two Jedi who have never done it before, never studied formally how to bring someone back to life, just stick their hand on someone who's recently dead and bring them back to life. Yeah. So, fuck that shit. Fuck that shit. So, why don't you give us something positive now? Okay. Since I was just shitting on the idea of the emperor, the design for the emperor's like whatever it was, his castle, his lair was awesome. It looked like a cross between Star Wars and Blade Runner. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Visually, it was, yeah, super cool. Every time it showed him talking, the lighting was really cool. Holy shit. With the lightning on either side making his face even creepier. Yeah. It was a really cool effect. Thought it was a little intense like because there's a lot of kids that see Star Wars. That must have been the warning about lights and seizures. My mom warned me (laughs) yesterday. I mean, not warned me because I have that problem. Just she saw this a sign that that, yeah, that you can have seizures because of the the flashing lights and I just realized it's because of that effect on his face. Well, it was a cool creepy effect. Like we said, there is still a lot to like about the movie but overall, I think we, we did not. Um, yeah, I agree with pretty much everything you said. I, I like the visual aspects of the emperor, but not the story aspects. Let's get back to bitchin'. Now, a lot of my complaint, yeah, bitchin'. My, a lot of my bitchin' has to do with like weird plot or story decisions, if that helps guide you. Okay. In fact, we just talked about one. We just talked about one. It's the first thing we talked about. The first thing we talked about. The opening crawl. Oh, the opening crawl, that itself? Well, I'll just tell you what it is. The second one I wrote down is the opening crawl says, death speaks from beyond the grave, whatever, that the emperor sent some kind of message from this place in the unknown regions called Exegol where he's been in exile. He sent a message out to the galaxy like warning them that he was coming back. Why the fuck would you do that? If you just hid for 20 years and you're about to attack them with a giant fleet, why would you send them a radio signal beforehand that you were going to come back? Nobody knew you were alive. Why would you do that? I think there could be a reason for that is that he wanted Kylo Ren to find him. Maybe so. so. That Kylo could. But he, like, don't you think, he said he's been every voice in his head. So, he's already been directly in his head. Why the fuck would he broadcast that across the galaxy? He's lonely. Think about the last 20 years. You know the emperor. Think about how scary he is. He's still got to like entertain himself for 20 years. There's no books. There's no TV. No one wants to come around the boss. Would you like to stay and play Clue with me? (laughs) Like, I'm just dropping off. I'm just dropping off your lunch. Can I just set the tray down right here? Please come closer. I'm like, okay, I don't want to get... Strike me down in Clue. We talk, we talk about this every day. I'm not going to strike you down. I'll, I, I'm armed with a lunch tray. <laughs> Please don't shoot me with lightning. And, and he's like, 
would you like to watch something on Netflix? By the way, at the end, when he was almost about to take down the entire rebellion with just the lightning yeah. shooting up at the uh-huh. sky, the hell didn't he just ambush them 20 years ago and do that then? Didn't he do it after he sucked all of the force, the life force? Sucked all the what? He sucked all the force out of Kylo okay. Ren and... Sucked what out of Kylo Ren? He was sucking on them both. He sucked, them, sucked it right okay. out of them and I think maybe that's how he got the power to do that. Okay, here's a complaint I have. Okay. First of all, let me preface this by saying, of all the characters in Star Wars, Darth Vader's always been one of my favorites. You like the villains. Yeah, I do like and the villains. he is cool. Compare that, Kylo Ren, <laughs> going into this movie already, I could not stand that character. And it's not that the actor doesn't do a good job, it's just the, the writing of it. Yeah, it's Adam, just... Adam Driver does an awesome job with what, with who that character is. But yeah, the first time you see Kylo Ren, he's wearing this really cool looking mask and his voice. Voice is cool. Adam Driver has a cool voice to begin with and then they put this Kylo Ren effect on it and it sounds scary and cool. It's bad. It's it's a good badass character. He has kind of cool yeah. force powers right there at the beginning. He's scary. And then as soon as he takes off the mask, he's a bitch. He's a bitch. By the way, so my guess on why they didn't just leave the mask on him, there's a lot of reasons. But one reason is they didn't want it to be so close to Darth Vader because every fucking thing else about The Force Awakens was an exact replica right. of <laughs> the first three movies. Uh, so, they said, well, we can't have it just another Darth Vader knockoff. So, let's give him some depth. And um, anyway, so all, all that said, in this movie in particular, a few problems with Kylo Ren. One, he just inexplicably turned, I mean, I did not buy the reasons for him just turning good at the end. So, that's one. Two, what a strange choice to have him and Ren have that kiss at the end for a number of reasons. One, the whole trilogy has been built around Finn and there's even clues dropped in this film about Finn and, you know, being in love with Ren. I have an idea about that. Okay. So, we'll come back to that. But that's one aspect of it. Another aspect is Ren knows that Kylo Ren or Ben is a fucking asshole who's killed thousands of people and she's still going to just kiss him? She's like, French me, baby. God, I hated that. So, I'm done. Go ahead. Your complaint was specifically about Kylo Ren. And I agree, it's not on my list though. Okay. Now, one thing that you did talk about that leads into something on my list is Finn. You said it sounded like, you know, there's a point in the movie where Finn says, I never told you or never got to tell you and he doesn't get to finish that sentence. And it's, yeah. And it sounds like he's going to say like, I love you, right? Mm-hmm. But there are subtle hints throughout the movie that Finn is force sensitive. There are at least two instances I can think of where he made a bold decision off of what he said was something he just knew or something he felt. Yeah, he felt it, yeah. There... So, you think that's what he was going to tell her? Yeah, that he is like, he can feel the force. Why is that your dying last message? Like, who gives a shit, Finn? Yeah, I know. It may not be right, but that is, that was the third thing I wrote down were the, the story threads that were started or hinted at and then just abandoned. Like, throughout Poe's past as a spice runner. A spice runner in the Star Wars universe is a drug smuggler. Yeah, and they didn't make that clear. I didn't have any idea what that meant. Yeah, if you're not a Star Wars person, you wouldn't have known that spice is drugs and running is smuggling. So, yeah, he has an interesting past that was hinted at. It's like if they could have done this movie over three movies. Instead, they could have had a storyline about like Poe Dameron's struggle to be a courageous heroic leader, but also having a past where he did maybe shitty, creepy things. Mm-hmm. Then they also introduced a, lo- a past love interest for him, Carrie Russell, wearing kind of a cool costume 
you probably didn't even remember who that character is because she was. She looked familiar. I couldn't pick her out. Though. Carrie, you know the the Rus the actress Carrie Russell. I'm sure you uh-huh. would recognize, but we never re- really saw her face. We just saw her eyes. She has a cool costume. She seemed like a cool character, but she was probably on screen for a total of like two minutes, and we know nothing about her except that she's vaguely connected to Poe Dameron and she can like handle a blaster. Yeah, I'll bet you can. Yeah, so all these things that were hinted at and then abandoned because they try to cram a bunch of shit in. Okay. So, give me some other guesses what you think I had problems with. What's that guy? The guy from the old films that came back and then at the end he had that line. Yeah, so Lando's line. Yeah, Lando's, that's it. At the end of the movie, so Lando comes back because why the fuck not? And at the end of the movie, he is standing near a new character named Janna. And one of, and I mentioned this complaint just a second ago. One of the other complaints I wrote down was cool looking characters introduced but not given any yeah, screen time. Yeah, pointless. So, I already, that was number five on the list. So, to go back to number eight on my list, Lando's creepy line. Uh, Lando is standing near this woman, Jana, and he says something like, oh, where are you from? No. What did she say? She says it to him. She says something, she mentions something about not knowing where she's from. This is how it goes. First of all, this is during the celebration of taking down the Empire right. and they're deciding to have this fucking weird small talk in the middle of all the celebrating. And she sits down next to him and says, so where are you from? And then he says, "Where?" whatever he says. And then he asks, what about you? And she says, I don't know. And I'll let you take over from here. And he says, well, how about we find out? <laughs> and it is very sexual. I mean... If you think Brandon is like exaggerating, she's like there are 40 some... years younger than him. She was talking about how she is like an or, you know, without a home. And his next line sounds like he's like, let's lift the hood and see what kind of alien you are. <laughs> My guess for what they were going for there, it's possible they're related and that they're going to like talk and find that out. But I like that, that's, but it was done in the most creepy way. It's the end of the movie. We don't know anything about this woman other than no. well, we know she used to be a first order stormtrooper like Finn, but they laid down their weapons. They didn't want to shoot anybody. Now they've been living on the fringe. I have a problem with that too. They've been living on the fringes of society. So, okay, that's cool, but it's the end of the movie and she's laying this like, I don't know who I am. Are they trying to set it up that in future movies, she could have an adventure and Finn could try to be a Jedi and... Because I've had enough of this shit. I've had enough of these folks. Give me something totally different. Give me something that doesn't have anything to do with Jedis or Force powers or any of that shit. Basically, give me the Mandalorian and Baby Yoda. Does anybody else's skin crawl when Brandon says folks? You really punched the L in there. It's like... Folks. Yeah. One time when my wife was pregnant, it made her really sick once because of the way I pronounced milk. Oh, God. It's like it's a four-letter word and the first, you know... M and I are in size 12 font, the L is in size 48 font, and then the K is in the... It's bad. Milk. Anyway, yeah, do you think we're going to see these characters again in future spinoffs? I don't know, but I hope not. The, none of the characters have any depth. If you try to describe who Finn is without saying like what he's done or what he looks like, if you describe like who he is as a person... Yeah. I got to say too, I don't know how most Star Wars fans feel about it, but for me, I'm just done with the whole Skywalker story as a whole. You know, I don't need to see Ghost Luke anymore. I don't need to see Ghost Leia. I was done with Leia after the first one of this trilogy. I don't, I'm just... Speaking of being done with her, there's a big one of my complaints. 
you could. Hang on. Before you do that, give us something positive. Hmm. I think the guy who plays Poe, he's probably one of my favorites in this trilogy. Yeah. All of the actors are talented and likable actors. I would say, okay, so if you thought that the droids didn't get uh, as much screen time, if you like the droids, there's a little bit more of that. Although R2-D2 still doesn't get much action. I actually did get a kick out of C-3PO. He Yeah, there's more C-3PO. There's a new little droid that you didn't get to see very much of, uh, but he was cute. He or she, Brandon, Jesus. We kind of had a, I don't, well, I don't know if you can tell, tell from the voice. No, but we can have Lando go take a look under the hood and find out. Well, his name is Dio and it makes me think of rocker Dio, who is male. <sighs> okay. So, the part I'm thinking about. Leia. Concerning Princess Leia. So, if you don't follow it that closely, Carrie Fisher died you know, after she filmed The Last Jedi before this one. So, they wanted to stick her in the movie anyway, so she didn't die off screen, which I get. They reused footage that they had cut from The Force Awakens. So, did you notice at the beginning of the film, when she's talking to Rey, she's standing in almost the exact same position every time. And like her, the way she's blocked in the frame is exactly the same. And you can tell if knowing that you can tell by her dialogue and Ray's dialogue that they wrote Ray's dialogue around what they had to work with in Carrie Fisher's footage. And knowing that completely took me out of the movie and made it extremely noticeable that like they stuck her in using what they had and I guess they did an okay job of it, but it was goofy. Yeah. Her acting and reactions to what they wrote around her wasn't spot on and none of it, absolutely none of it, not one line uttered by Prince, by General Leia in this movie sounded like anything Leia would say. He wouldn't, didn't have no, her. No, no, that's... Yeah. It was just reaction stuff from the previ- from one of the previous movies. She didn't have anything profound or interesting or snarky or funny to say like she usually does. I don't know. Like maybe it's the best they can do with it, but it fucking sucked anyway. There was one part where she told some nameless guy to like be more optimistic. Remember? <laughs> yeah. And then he was like, that was that was a strange. I thought like why why was that in there? I guess just it trying to like just trying to say. give her screen time, I guess, with the footage that yeah. they had. Okay. So I've got 6 out of what I got 7 out of 12, right? Yeah. Now, uh, the other first things we noticed. So the first scene is with Kylo Ren going and he's checking out the Emperor and stuff. Right after that, you yeah. get right into Poe and Finn and Chewbacca on the Falcon and they're doing some kind of war mission stuff. But there was something that happened in the Falcon right there at the beginning and we both laughed out loud at. It happened very quick. Was it that there was some weird looking there alien? There was a weird, this alien. Who the fuck was that guy in the Falcon? <laughs> At some point, I can't even. <laughs> at some point in the beginning of the movie, during this like action sequence, Finn runs through the corridors of the Falcon on the way to the cockpit <laughs> or to get into his turret, and he runs past this alien that's orange, and he looks like a caterpillar standing up with butts <laughs> or boobs for eyes. Butts or boobs for eyes, Brandon. He has something weird for his eyes, and. But and Finn, they, they were not butts. Just, just be clear. Finn runs by him and just kind of pats him on the shoulder slash back as he runs by, and then that's it. We like that thing is never shown again. It's never explained why the hell they need a slug on the Millennium Falcon for this mission. 
he's only seen one other time at the very end and someone else is kind of patting him on the slug back. And that was number nine. Just who the fuck was that guy? You remember we talked recently about slug tits in some other episode from Star Wars. The Sea Hag? Or no, there was Jabba the Hutt? Jabba's. Yeah. Yeah, Jabba's. He had a wife. A lady friend. Yeah, well, we a wife or lady friend. You know, my guess on why they included Slugman in this one is they got through the movie and they said, you know, for the people that love to see the weird aliens, we didn't have a ton of them. Can, can we have them run past an orange slug? <laughs> yeah, it was it was strange. A lot of strange choices in this film. I got four complaints that I have you haven't you haven't really tapped into yet. Now, there's two very specific and there's two very broad. Is it about characters or scenes or both? Two are about scenes. Those are the two that are specific. And the other two are more broad. Uh, one is more broadly about the film itself. And then seven is about the... Uh, well, let me just tell you what they are. Okay. Number six on my list was the, the frantic pace and shift in tone from like minute to minute. It kind of reminded me of Batman versus Superman. That is another movie that felt like it should have been two or three movies, but instead they try to do it all in one and you end up getting a whole bunch of like, this happened and then this happens and this happens and then this happened and it's all crammed together. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. sometimes you have something that's like, you know, a sweet, close, intimate scene between two romantic interests and then the next thing you have like running from a, a monster and patting a space slug. It was all over the place the entire time. It was kind of relentless. It doesn't all have to be so frantically paced. It just made it feel even more like it was like they tried to cram a trilogy into one movie. This trilogy since the Disney purchase have been action and nostalgia first and second. And then way down as a lower priority is like compelling story, compelling character. Right. The strength of the original three films was the characters, in my opinion. Yes. That's why nobody wants to buy a Poe or Finn or Rey or even Kylo Ren action figure. It's just an image. It's just a visual. They don't mean anything. Yeah. An action figure of Han Solo is this dude with swagger. He's got luck. Hell of an ass on him too. He makes mistakes all the time, but he somehow like squeaks by in the end. He's more than just an image. Same thing with Luke, same thing with Leia. They're they're more than just an image and I feel like Finn, Poe, and Rey. Rey is just the empty character. Like I... I can't... I like, mean, they try to give her depth with like her parents but it's something about it. It's just really hard to care. Like... Because it's almost like an afterthought. Yeah, it's like I, I can't think of words to describe her. I guess maybe plucky. Is she... In love with serial killers? <laughs> she... Yeah, like she's strong. She's strong, fearless maybe. No, she's got fear. Like, that's why it's so hard to... Like, if I asked... You're not... You're a casual Star Wars fan. Yeah. Can you describe Luke Skywalker in a couple words? He is... I would call him fearless, right? He's a loyal friend. Loyal friend. He is... Well, in the first movies, he's a little bit emo. He kind of whines. He is quick to be frustrated. He's quick to throw in the towel and get discouraged. That's true. But he has very set definite goals. He wants to be a Jedi. He wants to save his friends. And there's nothing that will like get in his way from doing this. Things. He wants to make out with his sister. <laughs> yeah. Similarly with Leia, you can say she's a wise ass. She's funny. She's a great leader. She is... She's not a traditional princess. Right. 
She's a strong woman, uh, but she is vulnerable when she's with Han. Anyway, yeah, they're complex, interesting characters that you can describe. You can describe their personality. I can't do that with any of these sequel characters, except for Kylo Ren. But in a bad way. <laughs> and it's because like, he's a bitch. You know, it's not that villains can't have depth, but for me, a lot of his big changes, they weren't explained. Like, why does he suddenly care about his... Also, I don't understand what is the appeal of ruling the galaxy? If you're already supreme leader of the First Order, what is it that you still need out of the whole galaxy? Well, you can ask that to all of history's, you know. Like what do you get when you control the whole galaxy? If you are able to beat death, I'm thinking of the emperor now. If you're able to cheat death, why do you care if you have all the money and power on the galaxy? Like, you can live forever. Who gives a shit? Think of all the tail you can get though, bro. He doesn't seem interested in tail. His, yeah, you're right. If he has a dick, it's <sighs> the rise of Skywalker. It's definitely- Shoots lightning. Necrotic. Oh my God. So, to get back to the complaints, I got a broader one. Would you rather have a sexual affair uh, with the Emperor uh-huh. or Yoda? Yeah, uh, Yoda. Why? Uh, because he's nice. Personality means a lot. <laughs> but sometimes it's good to be a little mean in the bedroom, am I right? <sighs> Not with lightning. <laughs> <laughs> he can... He can uh... Neither one of them are very easy on the eyes, but the... <laughs> But the emperor had like milky white <laughs> spaces where his pupils ought to have been. Yeah, so he can't see when you... Uh, you can... Okay. All right. Why don't we well, move let me, on? Let me... Not, me another... I'm going to save my broad one for last. Okay. So, two very specific ones. One I think you might recognize. So, the emperor has been hiding out in the unknown regions on Exegol, right, for like 20 years, building this huge fleet of ships that have planet-destroying weapons on them red colored Sith stormtroopers and people to man all these ships. Yeah. Even when he was in his lair, you know, when he's on his throne and you could hear all that chanting, it looked like there were thousands of some of like Sith monks or acolytes surrounding him and chanting. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I couldn't tell if they were supposed to be like ghosts or... Where the fuck were all the... Where the fuck did all those people come from? He had enough people to build and populate a whole fleet in the unknown regions for 20 years and no one knew about it. Yeah, where'd they come from? Where did they come from? This, so, he had his, basically his own society for 20 years. Unless everyone entered there young and then became old, people were born and raised in the unknown regions. No. In the final order military unit. Where the Details don't matter, bro. I'm so confused. Where did all these people come from? My interpretation when I first saw it is that they were like Siths from all time the past. You know what I mean? They weren't born there, but I, I don't know. Another one's very specific and you may not know about this. You may not, I don't know. This is a little bit in the weeds as they say. The first time we see Finn and Poe and Chewbacca in the Millennium Falcon hanging out with the orange space slug, they encounter a bunch of TIE fighters that are chasing them and shooting them. And do you remember how they got away? No. Something called light skipping where oh, okay, yeah. they were blindly jumping in and out of hyperspace. But do you remember every time they came out of hyperspace, the TIE fighters were right behind them? Yeah. Well, in the last movie, it was a huge fucking plot point that the Empire was able to track them through hyperspace and they must have had some yeah. incredible technology to do that. 
But in the next movie, not only does every TIE fighter have a hyperdrive, which in the original trilogy, TIE fighters didn't have hyperdrives. That's why it was odd for a TIE fighter to be out in Alderaan space on its own. Not only do they have hyperdrives, but they can also track other ships through hyperspace. It's another thing where they're just like, this will look cool in the movie. And then somebody probably brought that up and they're like, ah, fuck it. Doesn't, I think Finn even says like, how do you know how to do that or something? He's like, I don't. <laughs> yeah, it's. Also in the, in the original trilogy, Han says, you can't just go jumping to light speed. You could run into something, go through an asteroid field or a planet and that would end your trip pretty quick, wouldn't it? <laughs> It's exactly how he says it. You have to have, that is what makes the Millennium Falcon such a special ship is that its supercomputer is able to better navigate and better calculate routes through hyperspace, part of what makes it faster faster than any other ship in the galaxy. But now all that shit's thrown out. You can just go into hyperspace whenever the fuck you want. And also, by the way, every time you come out of hyperspace, you just magically be in like a populated planet environment and not in the middle of space somewhere. Well, Brandon, can't you forgive all that? Because they gave you all the cool nostalgia stuff. You got Luke, you got the Emperor coming back. Hey, by the way, you know how in Star Wars, uh, you can just like go to any planet you want at any time and land there? Yeah. Don't you think all these planets would have like an air force monitoring the skies like we do on Earth? Say you can't come in here right now or identify yourself. Right, right. Or... You can't land there. You need to go over here to land. Or like in Spaceballs, they've got a they've got glass around the entire planet and there's a window that opens. <laughs> yeah. All right. My last complaint and this is the biggest one. Before you give your biggest complaint, give us something good. Give a little sweet before the sour. Yeah. I'll tell you what I... Let me think for a minute and I'll tell you the things I liked best. I'll give you all the things I liked about the movie. I liked that... When Kylo Ren came back as Ben Solo, Mm -hmm. Adam Driver was able to, he didn't have any lines, which is weird. Is this at the very end or? Yeah, at the very end when he shows up to like help Rey and at first he doesn't have a weapon and then she somehow slips him a lightsaber. The way he moves and his physicality, his facial expressions, he acts like a different person and he acts like the son of Han Solo and Princess Leia. It's unfortunate he didn't have any lines then, but it was a really cool acting job that in his physical performance, you could see a difference between Ben Solo and Kylo Ren. Why did she save Kylo Ren, by the way? Remember when she stabbed him? That's when his change happened. Yeah. Right before he talked to Han Solo. I don't think it was her goal to kill or even neutralize him. But he's like the primary enemy. I know. Other than the Emperor. I, I know. I mean, I know it all worked out, but just seems like an odd choice that she would have done that. Well, more positive. He got stabbed. He got all the force life sucked out of him. He got thrown down a pit and then he shot the rest of his force life into her and died. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So, no more, no complaints right now going on the positives. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Hmm. A lot of good alien critters. Hmm. Oh, now I'm digging. Yeah, I can't really think of anything. I mean, I didn't even love some of the fight scenes. It made me bored with lightsabers. Yeah. God damn it. What? I'm trying to be positive. Did you like the end? The very last scene, how she said her name, you know, she's Skywalker. I didn't mind it. I don't know that I loved it. It was really weird when she buried, when she buried those two lightsabers. Why did she have to like do it with the force? Like, why does everything have to, like, she's out there, she came all the way to the desert, 
can you not just take a little shovel and dig in the dirt a little bit and put them in there with if your you hands? If you had the fours, you'd be using it left and right, asshole. Don't act like you wouldn't. Well, you'd, your life would be so much easier with the fours. I guess. Think about all the shit you could do with the fours. Why would this random don't... old woman come by and demand to know your last name? <laughs> that would be great. The old woman comes by and she says, what's your name? She says, Ray. She goes, Ray, what? She just goes, fuck off. And then that's... That's the credits. What do you think the future of the Star Wars films are? I honestly have no idea. I hope that they do something... Just a complete reset. Yeah, don't do anything with with Skywalkers and don't do anything... I would like it if they did something in like the Old Republic or... I guess maybe don't go in the future. Like, I think the Mandalorian is perfectly set. It's set between two eras that we know of. So, some things look familiar, some things look new. It's got the ability to tie into existing lore as much as they want to, but can also stay outside of that. It can establish new lore. And it's done in a format where they don't have to tell a story that progresses the plot every week. They can stop or take a sidetrack on some weeks and do a story that specifically advances characters. Mm-hmm. I hope they do more stuff. If they make more movies, I hope they're not set. If they make more movies, really? You think they're not going to make more movies? I mean, if they make another trilogy or whatever, I hope they set it just completely outside of this stuff. But I guess I, I what I'm curious to know is if, if they do a new Star Wars trilogy or just a film, it seems unlikely that they would just have like a completely new story, completely new characters. I think they'd probably follow somebody that we know already. Mm-hmm. Okay, so who could that be? Finn, Poe. If it's going to be anybody from the sequel trilogy, mm-hmm. I would want it to be Finn because he has an interesting history of growing up as a brainwashed First Order stormtrooper. Oh, that's what I was going to say earlier is, you know, Finn and then the, the lady we meet in this film, I forget her name, Jana. the one that got the creepy line from, yeah. She was a stormtrooper too and she said they all laid down their weapons because they wouldn't harm some city or something. Uh-huh. Wouldn't you think they would have no moral code? They were taken as children. They can't even remember anything before this. It's all they know. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's some kind of failure of the Empire's uh, indoctrination program. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, but it's, but it's something interesting to explore. They could explore, you know, what nature versus nurture or what is it about Finn that inherently made, makes him choose good? Uh, or made him uh, overcome the indoctrination. Because he has the force, probably. Right. And then also the idea that he could learn to... We've never seen in a movie someone like really take a slow time learning and training uh, to be a Jedi. It's always like Anakin Skywalker, oh, he's too old to be trained. We'll try to do it anyway, even though he's too old. And Luke, oh, he's 19 years old. And he's going to go fight Darth Vader within the next week. Uh, let's have him do backflips off of trees and lift some rocks and that'll make him a Jedi. Or in this one, oh, Rey's like in her early 20s. Within a couple years, let's make sure that she can take out and defeat the the nearly immortal Sith Lord Emperor. Maybe show the full training series of a Jedi. Start with someone who's a young Padawan and go all the way to where they achieve a rank as Jedi Knight or even Jedi Master and show all the trials and tribulations that it takes to get there. I know they did that in the Clone Wars animated show, but I'd like to see that in live action. By the way, how do we know the Emperor is not just going to come back again? <laughs> like, well, that's the problem with all duh, this. Is like, he got hit with lightning this time. 
All right. You have one complaint left, right? One overall complaint and it's about the sequel trilogy. Now that the sequel trilogy story has wrapped up, my complaint is that it negates key parts of the original trilogy that makes that story impactful. Specifically, it totally strips away Luke's defeat of the Emperor, his personal defeat over evil, worthless. Mm -hmm. Because the next time you see him, he's despondent. He seems convinced that the Jedi have no place in the galaxy and doesn't seem to care if this great evil grows and makes others suffer. And then the Emperor comes back anyway. Yeah. What was the point of killing him? It, not just the Emperor, but the Empire. I well, mean, that it's a different was the name. Next point. But it also negates yeah. the Rebels' defeat of the Empire. With a new Death Star. So, it has to be, in, <laughs> like, it was the Rebels and the Empire and then they just rebooted that into the Resistance and the First Order. Like, why couldn't they make where the Republic was the powerful one and there was this small guerrilla sect, not gorilla, guerrilla sect of Sith troopers that were coming in and fucking shit up and they it's like uh, it could have been Star Wars Vietnam instead of Star Wars World War II. Mm-hmm. It wow. negated the whole storyline of Anakin bringing balance to the Force. Mm-hmm. I thought for sure the prophecy of bringing balance to the Force was when Anakin Skywalker threw the Emperor down the shaft in the second Death Star and destroyed him. I thought that was when he brought balance to the Force because evil reigned before then. And then the last thing was, this was more of a complaint about the Force Awakens, but it's something that wasn't cleared up or fixed by uh, the, the Rise of Skywalker, is that my favorite character from the original trilogy, Han Solo, goes from kind of, he goes from a smuggler and a little bit of a con man in Star Wars A New Hope to being someone that the rebels and Luke and Leia can rely on, a friend, to an even bigger hero and martyr in Empire Strikes Back and then is promoted all the way to general in Return of the Jedi and ends up with Leia, the love of his life. And then the next time you see him, he's lost everything and he's back to just being a smuggler and scraping to get by. It stripped every great thing that happened to him and left him, they, and they completely glossed over that. They made it seem like that was what he wanted to do. Yeah. So, yeah, after gaining all those things, after gaining love and success and friends and inspiring a galaxy, he's like, nah, I'd rather like rip off gangs and bikers and stuff and haul dangerous beasts around to pay off gambling debts. Yeah. And it's like we talked about at the theater last night. Imagine the Star Wars universe, but with a Game of Thrones quality writing team. Except for the last season. Except for the last season, right. But like, there's no reason Star Wars has to be so hokey and full of plot holes, but, and disrespectful to the, like they do all this fan service stuff in this new trilogy, but it also, like you said, negates the decades of story building that were done in prior films. So, it really feels like it was made for people who like Star Wars but don't like love it. Like when they show the Millennium Falcon in The Rise of Skywalker and it does the it does the sound, you know, the music for it. I think people who like Star Wars get excited for people who love it paying really close attention and they're like, some of this hasn't made sense so I can't be excited right now. Right. Overall, not my, it was not my bag. No. 
I had more problems with it, the, the more cons than than good. I I really despised this sequel trilogy. Force Awakens pissed me off. Last Jedi was my least favorite Star Wars film until this one. That's that's my thing with Star Wars, man. There's more bad movies than good, in my opinion. There are. I think it's just the nostalgia, loyalty, fandom to those original three are still keeping everyone hanging on. Because the prequel trilogy also sucks for the most part. Revenge of the Sith was okay. I think people just keep hanging on hoping that it'll return to how good it was originally. To put a pin in this, a positive pin at the end of this episode. Hashtag positive pin. Here's your positive pin. Mandalorian doesn't suck. No, and you can hear Brandon's reviews and predictions for The Mandalorian at patreon.com slash tennispod. That's that. That's that. Well, that was fun. What a way to kick off 2020. We will be back next week with episode 70. I have the list that week and we'll have a little more of a traditional list. Whatever. This was fun though. I mean, it was good to get this off our chest. It was good to air our grievances. This was our Festivus. This was our Festivus. Hopefully, we didn't piss off the Star Wars loyalists, but they should know you are as big a fan of Star Wars as anyone. So, these are... Yeah, I still still love Star Wars a lot. I'm not like... (laughs) It's mad. Like, people get mad at like J.J. Abrams. Like, fuck that guy. I hate his face. Mm -hmm. No, I don't like the movie he made, but, you know, he probably wouldn't like a lot of the shit that I've been to. Hate his face, but love his butt. Am I right, guys? Appreciate you listening. We'll be back next week. If you want to chat with us in the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Nick underscore E-M-E-L. Brandon is at Sidekick Host. And you can also follow us at Tennis Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I guess that's that. That's that. Welcome to 2020. All right. Bye.